All right, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, video didn't want to play too well, but uh, that's all right. We'll just go with the flow here. Welcome once again. It is Tuesday night, which means it is time for the Wrestle Talk Podcast. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to Wrestle Talk Podcast live. So let's go ahead and get this thing going. Like. we normally with our uh with our intro here everybody's gonna pay everybody's gonna pay dollar man and you're listening to the wrestle talk podcast <laughs> What's going on? Well, we're live. Hey guys, it's Wrestle Talk podcast time every Tuesday right here at 7 o'clock as Haas is fidgeting with his microphone. Guys, we have a great show lined up today and Haas is going to take care of our sponsors in just a few minutes. But I was told, firstly, that my wall looked very boring. Well, it should because it's a study wall. Not much gets done in the study, but to study. So with that being said, here is your glimmer at $5,000. You can look at that as you please. That's something that's very gifted from me to you so you can enjoy. But with that being said, we got Brutal Bob Evans. Can you we hear have me so now? much to talk about. Did, did you just can cut you me, me off during my, I'm, I can hear you. I'm going, I'm ready. I'm rolling. And then I just get boom. Right then and there, you know, but that's okay. We got Brutal Bob Evans on the show. We got Mr. GQ, guys. It's going to be a great night. We got Russell Talk Podcast Game Show Trivia Challenge. And we have to do our open. And, Haas, even though people say that I need to be the one to sing the national anthem, we'll lay that off to you. But I'm excited. You and I, part two, round two. And we don't have to worry about Jeremy coming in late. You know, and, and that's that's great. Yeah, all right. Well, let's see if we can get this going here this time with our uh with our national anthem to for the best damn country around. That's America. Damn it. Can't add the damn it. Mm-hmm. 
That's okay. But how much does Renee pay you to say that line? <laughs> well, you know, he wouldn't be able to pay me anything if it wasn't for our great sponsors, you know. Bingo. Hoss, that's why you're the forget. guy. Let's not forget our great sponsors. You know, we've got everything combat. We got Ken Cade, Esports Bar Kansas City, City, Interstate 70 Sports Media, Royal Mills Transportation, Painter Dreams Productions, Wrath, Wrath Bun Engraving, where you can get your very own Wrestle Talk Podcast mug. Better and, get it. Uh, and of course, the Fantasy Wrestling Worldwide Chapter, the FWWC. You know, a bunch of great people. And we couldn't be here doing what we're doing now without our sponsors. So we thank them very much. So. I do as well. We have great sponsors. Without our great sponsors, we can't have this great show. And all the people watching, they wouldn't be able to look at me because I'm too expensive. And they wouldn't be able to, you know, look at you, Hoss, because I, I you know, you're a professional. You got to get paid. We all got to. So, some people would probably rather not look at me. You know that. Oh, <laughs> don't let don't don't let Renee bully you. I enjoy it. But, you know, I do apologize for the start, though. We, we've got a few hiccups here. You know, we're moving from one platform to another. We're still trying to get things ironed out. But uh, with, with the help of our great sponsors and everything, we will get everything ironed out and get back to the uh, top notch that you know that we can be. So, Bingo. Uh, well, what do you say we get into some uh, high spots here? We got a lot to talk about. We we were right on the cuffs of a Black Wednesday. We missed it by a day. That's right. So let's do it. I'm ready for some high spots. Mic check, mic check. Yeah. All right, all right. WrestleTalk Podcast. DJ Money. Before we go into not be ready to talk. Well, that's that's true. That's a great song. But have you looked at the comments today? I am loving our fan base starting off really, really hot and heavy. And uh, you know, well, I look like the Wolverine, that's kind of mean, but other than that, the viewers don't deserve me. You're very right. You are very right about that. And hardcore hoss, it says that you are proof that. 
I can say this because you all sit there and put these comments up when it's me. So I get to have fun right now. And, and you know, I'm not saying it might be it might be someone we know commenting this, but he says we might hire the homeless. I don't agree. I'm just saying I think that's that's like something I would say. But I think that they need to realize that you are probably one of the most sought after producers and podcasts around. And we're very lucky to have you. And uh, I think that the viewers are just great right now. I love how it's all deflected off of me. It, it really is. For once, you know, they're not they're not uh, doing too bad on you for once. That's that's surprising. It's great. And I, I love it. You know, whenever we'll see, I think they're starting to realize what success does to people. You start listening to success. We become successful. But with that being said, I'm ready for high spots. You can kick it off, my good sir. Whatever you want to talk about, I'm all ears. Well, you know, you, you have got to start out with the uh, breaking news that came out, what was about five days ago, that, you know, WWE has been releasing more wrestlers again. And, uh, you know, they released Samoa Joe, Mickey James, Peyton Royce, Billy Kay, Chelsea Green, Wesley Blake, Tucker, Kalisto, and Bo Dallas all released. So uh, what what do you think about that? Well, you know what happens every year? I think that there's a couple that are a little surprising, but I I don't think we know the full backstory to what some of these releases, why they happen. Um, To me, biggest missed opportunity was obviously, um, you know, Samoa Joe. He's pretty good a little bit. You know, I think he might be someone you invest in, even though he might be hurt. His knowledge could help, you know, boost a roster's morale and their ability to the next level. But I'm really surprised about Billy Kay. I mean, she, you know what? I give her credit, and here's why. She knew it was on the it was on the downswing. She knew it. She's given a resume and walking around backstage. And you know what though? She made the most of it. And I became a fan of hers just from those segments because I used to, you know, I used to like Billy Kay. Then she fell off, and all of a sudden she was doing the resume thing. I became a big fan. Iconics, big fan. They're gonna go on, you know, to greener pastures. Some people probably not, and it might be the end of the road for a while. Um, and and that's that's the the kind of bittersweetness to pro wrestling, right? You know, one day you get a phone call, you get down to Florida, life's good, and the next day you're, you know, you see that you're released from an internet article and no one's called you yet. So, yeah, you know, it just. I look for AEW to have an onslaught oh, of yeah. of signings here in about 90 days, you know, since, <laughs> right. they're, all, since they're all under a 90 day non-compete clause. Right. You know, I think they're going to pick a lot of them up. But then again, there's several of them that even if they're picked up, they can't use their name. No. Samoa Joe can, though. I did look into that. Um, Samoa Joe is given the rights. He owns his rights. I didn't know that. I thought WWE would have picked him up, but he does own the right to Samoa Joe. So we'll get to yeah. see that name. That's probably it. Yeah. Um, let's see. Bo Dallas. Uh, trademark was filed for his name. Chelsea Green, Kalisto, Mickey James, Tucker, Peyton Royce, Mojo Raleigh. You know, all of those, they're not going to be able to use their real names. Uh if they move on somewhere else, then that's, uh, that's the power of that old mighty dollar that, you know, you and Vince McMahon have. Yeah. That's true. And see, people call us bad people. Okay. We'll have some fans probably commenting some viewers that what they did was wrong 
Vince McMahon made them rich for a long time, maybe a couple of years. Not Maybe not all the way rich, not as rich as me, but they got a good start, a good foundation. But, hey, this is business. It's not personal. They got futured endeavored, you know. They aren't uh, – you know, I, I'm not going to say it because I really like the, the the wrestler, but there's a certain somebody that I always joke about that a lot of people got featured endeavored, but this guy for kicking somebody in the face that was an enhancement talent that wasn't even a, <laughs> a, real, a real wrestler who might have been impersonating Daniel Bryant, and he didn't get featured endeavored. So with that being said, at least you weren't that guy. Yeah. So, what do you got for us, Drake? How about you give us one here? Well, I just want to point out, I am not being hired by the WWE. They said they were freeing up payroll to hire me. Not yet. They aren't ready for me yet. And uh, here's why. Um, I just need, I think they need time to grow before they can bring in a real champion. But other than that, I got this. Are you ready? Are you ready? We can deep. I, we can I'm breathe ready. deep right now. Okay. Live events are coming back. All right. In July. That's that's the word on the street. It's a report. We don't know for sure. We I haven't seen the press release. My team didn't get the press release in time. But I, uh, AW, they're going back to touring live starting July or doing. They're going to pick dates to where fans can come back into attendance. I like that. I also like what WWE is doing in this respect with waiting until a summer sale and a big four, because for some reason, WWE thinks that we, we view them as like saint like as what to do as a company when they don't make the right decision. So they're like, well, we'll, we'll wait till the big fours and then we'll bring fans in to show the world how much we care about our talent. <laughs> Come on. Come on. We, we, we know that that's just, such hogwash. And then we got SummerSlam coming back, but I'm in more and focused on July because live events are coming back. So that means we're actually going to get more hype, more built for things, more of time for our you know favorite wrestlers, the ones that are up and coming to get out there, get the ring rust off, get people to see them. And it's an exciting time because we're coming back. We're back, baby, almost. That's right. And I tell you, I'm excited to see – Live events coming back. I'm excited to get back out there attending live events. And, you know, I really look forward to it. Of course, different places are going to have different capacity limits and different regulations and rules. And, you know, so you, you have to get into it and see what regulations each place is going to have if you're going to attend something. But, you know, I, I do look forward to it. Haas, I hate to cut you off. But Renee's commenting, and I feel like we need to address who we're talking about here. We're talking about the little person that played Daniel Bryant because Big Cass wanted to kick somebody in the face. That's what I meant by Daniel Bryant. I didn't mean they fired Big Cass, Big Cass for kicking him. So I'm sorry for that mis, uh, miscommunication. But we have a lot of people commenting already. Let's move on a little bit uh, if you want, because there's not much to say about that, Haas. I mean, we're getting back. We're getting back. We're getting into it. But then again, we have something called the government. And what happens when we start getting excited? They come in and they blow our legs off. And then we kind of have to start from the ground up. So let's just wait and see what happens, you know, and it probably rightfully and, so. 
Yeah, and and if anybody out there, you know, you're listening and you're thinking, hey, you know, I, I sure would like to be part of the show. I sure would like to bring up something myself or even comment on something that we're talking about. You know, drop myself a line or drop Drake a line or, you know, in one of these chats and let us know. And we can drop the link for you to actually come in the studio with us and bring you on for uh, to add to the show. So. You know, we always look forward to talking with fans and and talking with everybody. You know, that's what we're here for, you know, is to talk wrestling and anything anybody has to add to it that that adds to our conversation. We're we're more than happy to, to listen to. Without a doubt, without a doubt, without a doubt. Hoss, do you have anything else to add to high spots? Because I got a couple more and I think they're probably pretty good. But I want to give I mean, hey, I'm a team player. Well, you know, you, you talk about uh, your songs going back live and everything. Of course, as things go back live, uh, WWE with their replays, obviously they're going to have to cut things out and edit things. And uh, they've actually gone through and edited some of WrestleMania 37 already. And uh, some of the things that they've already edited out of WrestleMania 37 is if you watch the replay, you would not know that there was a rain delay. They've edited out the rain delay altogether. Um, Did they uh, edit out Mandy Rose slipping? Yes, that was the next thing I was No say. way! They have edited out Mandy Rose uh, slipping on her way to the ring. What a joke. <laughs> um, so, you know, the, the more stuff they have live, the more stuff you're going to find get edited like that. Because, of course, when, when it's live, there's no going back. You said it. You said it. And that's why people enjoy watching these things. Because it's not gut and dry. I'm just pointing out, Mandy Rose could have gotten probably tens of millions of views off of her slipping and falling. Just like Titus did. Or Titus, Jesus. Tyson. Yeah, Titus. Like Titus did. I saw the message come through that said something else. But come on. You're getting rid of stupid stuff now. It doesn't matter the rain came. We enjoyed it. It gave the talent the opportunity to say what was on their mind without having some guy that doesn't deserve to tell them what to say, and it was really good, and I truly enjoyed that, and I thought it gave – what do you think? You, I mean, I thought it was really good. And, you know, in the coming years, that's going to be a trivia question, guaranteed. What WrestleMania was the very first WrestleMania ever to have a rain delay? And – Somebody who didn't watch it live that watched the replay is going to go, there was a rain delay? I never saw that. Yeah, It's something that fans aren't going to know. And I mean, it's not a big deal, but you know, it's still, it's, it's the knowledge. It's, in it's just, history. It just worries me because if you're going to cut little things like that, when are you going to start cutting stuff to make people forget about certain individuals? Because it does happen. I mean, they control their own history. And if all of a sudden, I mean, you and I, fans like you and I and Renee and, and uh, Joe and Jeremy and, and Skywalker and all these guys that kind of are historians in a way for modern wrestling, not we are talking real historians, guys, because I can already see the comments blowing up and I'm not even looking at the damn thing. So we know. And all of a sudden, let's say you get rid of, you know, I John, pick your favorite or Hoss, pick your favorite moment from two thousand three or two thousand the aggression era. Pick one of your favorite moments. 
Oh, you know, per- personally, one of my favorite things was when uh, Steve Austin came out in th- with the beer truck spraying everybody. You know, I right. thought that was hilarious. But, you know, there, there again, that is something that uh, WWE, it wouldn't surprise me if they cut out, you know. you never. Yeah, saw. so time goes on. They start cutting the little things. And all of a sudden, some executive, probably named like Tim or something, John, Dave, something weird, probably Keith. Probably you got Keith. against people named John? No. Nah, but... <laughs> <laughs> but the guy's probably named like Keith or Howard and he's up in his little office and he looks at this and goes, oh, oh, we, we can't have, we can't show our kids a guy spraying people with beer. We got to take kids down. And all of a sudden you piss Steve Austin off and he's on TNT on Wednesday and you're losing your ass all of a sudden. So there's a fine line because you're messing with people's lives. These people, these wrestlers worked hard for these, <laughs> these things that they're remembered for. And to get rid of them, is kind of like saying you didn't matter. Exactly. I have one more. Get, go, go right ahead. All right. John, I am known as a lot of things, Haas. You know I am. I am known as the I, thoroughbred I've of lust. Called, I've heard you called lots of things. Listen. Most of them well, not very nice, but you know. I'm a jerk. I'm the blueprint of perfection. I'm the colossus of commentary. I'm a lot of things. Okay. Beautiful, handsome, rich, successful. But you know what I'm not? Oh, also the natural playboy in the city on the hill. I'm not late. I'm not late. See, all these times I'm on the show, I might not appear, but when I'm on, I'm on early. Jeremy. But with that being said, do you know who was late to their own damn creative meeting the other day? I I have heard about that. Yeah, I've heard that Vince was late to his own meeting. How can you be late to your own meeting? His meetings already revolve around his schedule. Did he get like caught up in turbulence? Did was he, you know, just doing a Vince thing and like yelling at people eating fast food as he was driving down to Tampa? What was going on? You know, I is this a growing trend because we've heard how chaotic and all these reports that Raw's been and and how SmackDown's been lately. Um, and lately, I mean the last year with people not knowing what's even going on. They haven't talked, they haven't gotten any feedback from anyone in the company that's my higher management. And now we're getting somebody that's late to their own meetings. And now someone's going to be in the comments and they're going to go, well, he only missed once. Correct. But what happens when you miss once, Haas? It's only once that we know of. That we know of. And if you're keeping people waiting, and I'm not talking talent because he's used to letting talent wait. But when you're keeping writers and you're keeping all these people that are the components to your live show that goes on every Monday and every uh, Friday at 7 Central, it's it's a problem. And I saw you look at me when I said seven o'clock because I know your your Eastern Coast self, just like all of the other ones would have gone. You mean eight o'clock? Yeah. okay, I get it. I get it. You're more important. You're an hour ahead. You get to see stuff first, kind of, if that's how it works. Well, and and of course, I'm I'm here before you are anyway, because I have oh, to set the show up. That's true. You get paid. For, you, you see, that's why no one realizes the true MVP of Russell Talk until you come on the camera and you just let everyone know, because it's true. I don't do any of this stuff, guys. I come on here. They put a little bit of stuff on my face. My team does. They spray my hair. I get on here and I do a show. And Haas puts all the real work in, and so does Skywalker Roberts and all those other components that we have to Russell Talk podcast. And I'm excited to be here, but I'm also excited for our show tonight. John, do you have anything else for high spots? 
Uh, well, since we're since we're still waiting on our first guest to come in, um, did did you happen to catch the new episode on A and E? Really good. I was which one? I liked them both. And, and by the way, can I say something? This was going to be for my shoot and shout, and I'm not trying to cut you off, but it really infuriated me. Guys, the Andre the Giant documentary is not new. It has been out for quite some freaking time. I saw like 100 people. Oh, my God, this is the best documentary I've ever seen. It's been out for three damn years. Three years. And you're going to act, and these people are the ones that act like they're these super fans, that they know everything, and they didn't know that. I'm sorry. It just really bothered me. But it was a great lineup. You had Andre the Giant followed by Stone Cold Steve Austin followed by Finding Mankind's original stuff. Pretty exciting. I thought it was all good. Haas, what do you think? Uh, I honestly didn't see it. Uh, but from what I've been reading and everything, it looked like the ratings went over pretty well. Um, it was ranked like number 11 out of 150 uh, cable top shows. Um, so it actually looks like the show went over pretty well for its very first debut. And, uh, I definitely am going to go back and check it out. Um, I just happened to be busy with something else and didn't get to watch it, but, um, I'm going to check that one out for sure. Tisk tisk. Hey, things happen, you know. You're right. You're right. Things do happen. But let's talk. Can I talk about one of the things that I thought was pretty, pretty good about this documentary? Oh, definitely. They didn't try to throw. Okay. This wasn't a WWE documentary. And I mean that with the most respect I possibly can, because they make great, great, great shows. They make great documentaries. They make a lot of great stuff with the network or they used to. They still do. And they probably, they obviously helped with this one. But A&E structured this so well that, quite honestly, I don't. I think it was probably one of the best they've any pro wrestling documentary, probably besides Andre's, that's out there. Um, from start to uh, finish, it was just it was a roller coaster. It really was. It, you went through the life of Steve Austin, and who wouldn't want that? And then uh, the feedback I have to follow it is you put on one of probably the. I thought it was a really good, fun show. With Mick Foley doing his the hidden treasures, it's not going to be him every time, but to see him go out there and, and meet with these people and barter for his, his stuff. Haas, can you explain this to me? Okay, that's like me taking this, okay, taking this, where am I at here? And I just get rid of it. I give it to a bum on the street because I'm tired of seeing it, okay, which probably will happen one day. I give it to him. And all of a sudden, I make it, you know, someone, God forbid, calls me to go to their company and I just wreak havoc and take names in the process. I become a champion. I become a Hall of Famer. Now I'm important, right? And all of a sudden, they want this. Can you explain to me how someone tried to freaking sell Mick Foley his own stuff back? <laughs> how does that work? How can you seriously sell somebody's clothes back to him? I, 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 it's beyond my imagination. I, I really one guy don't know. didn't even sell him his thing back. He was like, I can't, I can't lose this. It's, it's literally his. <laughs> what, what's the thought process? Like, seriously, who, who raised these people to go, you know what? 
you're the one who worked your ass off to even wear this shirt. You're the one who gave me all the memories of you wearing this shirt. But no, I'm not even going to offer you money for you to have it back. That's that's like something I would do. That's just evil. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see you trying to pull something like that off. Yeah, and you, you would probably succeed. Right. I, well, I would, but I'm not that rude. I mean, I have money. These people were living in shacks and maybe maybe a thousand square feet. I'm not disagree. Hey, if you live in a thousand square feet, good for you. But if you live in a thousand square feet, you can't look McFoley dead in the face and say, listen, your stuff is now my stuff. Now leave. Because that's what happened. <laughs> that's literally what happened during the second visit. Do you believe this? Well, you, you know what our uh, what our buddy Iron Sheik says about that. I know. And and one of our one of our listeners wants us to talk about Charlotte Flair. Oh her, yes, yes. Her dad, uh, who might be the dad of Lacey Evans, on we know where that's going. I don't know if he's still around. That I don't know if they found out it wasn't his. They did a Maury thing. I don't know. Um, but she got suspended. And Haas, take it away because I don't know what to freaking say about this. Yeah. Um. What was a hundred thousand dollar fine and indefinite suspension for uh, abusing a WWE official? <laughs> okay, I got one though. I I, I like where they're going with it. Like seriously, if I think about it, yeah, they're putting a lot of pieces into it, and I think it it could be really good. It could be not right now, but it could be. But I got a question for you. What's the do? Is there like a like a buy. So if something happens to where like we had two pay-per-views ago, not mania, but elimination chamber, I think. And, or what, what was the one before mania fast lane when the referee counted five and Apollo Cruz still kicked out and lost. Yeah. I, I think it was fast lane. So does she get, so if Charlotte were to hit her in the face, does she get rewarded for that then? Or does she get suspended still? Because these referees, I listen, I know people like referees. I don't. Because sometimes they act like they're bigger than what they are, okay? If your job is to count to three and get out of the way when a Mack truck or a pure athlete comes walking towards you, get the hell out of the way. That's like me stepping in front of Strowman. You're but putting in, yourself on, in on the, the firing line. Okay, on, flip side. On the flip side. You know, so, some of these referees, they have a hard enough time counting to three. So, you know, you, you got to give them some leeway. I mean, let, let's look at Nightmare Jones. Oh, I didn't you know. say that. <laughs> yeah, he will be here second hour to defend himself, by the way, I'm sure. But um, Oh, great. <clears throat> but, you know. So some referees, you just got to give them that leeway because they're lucky if they count to three without using their fingers. And, you know, as aggravating as it is, you just got to go with them. Well, okay, here's my thing. What about Roman? Okay, I feel like Roman's abused a referee the last couple of months. I don't know if he has or not. I can't intently watch television as much as I want. But I'm just saying... Hey, man, you are getting so much love for that comment. But I'm just saying, 
<laughs> Roman's probably put his hands on a referee. He probably has, okay? There's a lot of people that have put their hands on referees, okay? But I think maybe that referee said something to Charlotte because she's never just flown off the handle, okay? And that referee could have probably said a nasty, nasty word that only the referees know, and they do it. They do it to me. I was an IWAP, and I had a referee calling me an SOB every two minutes. You know, I'm not I'm not trying to say that's why things didn't go the way I wanted them to go. But when you got somebody talking in your ear the whole damn time, you get fed up. Eh? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Oh, God. OK, come on. I, I, <laughs> that was probably the most half assed agreement. I, I get it. You don't agree with me. I get. A am I supposed to? No, I'm not saying you are. It's I'm not saying you are. But, um, you know, just I just think it's sad that we have to look at suspending athletes like Charlotte Flair because of bozo referees that can't count to three, like you said. And by the time they get to the mat, it's already been eight seconds. So what's the point? Have you ever noticed that? I OK, I speared someone out of their freaking boots the other day. I mean, I hit him as hard as I could. This is what happened. Spear. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And then he gets on the ground and counts two. The referee finally gets down there. See? Classic example. Thank you. That's why she should have hit. Hits, hits nine, and then uh, he lost his train of thought and had to start over. I mean, it, it happens all the time. By the way, Gatorade doesn't sponsor me, but if they want to, you know where to find me. I'm under the weather, Haas, but we're getting through it on a beautiful Tuesday. Not Did it snow where you are? Not where I am, no. It snowed at my house all day. Now, tomorrow is supposed to be cold here. Supposed to start in the 20s, go to the 50s. Today was a beautiful day, though, but, you know. Well, whenever I'm outside, people tend to say that. But do we have anything else that we want to talk about before? Do we still have our guest is not on yet? Not yet. He did tell me uh, before the show he may be running a little behind. We knew that. So no, he, we he totally gave us, did. He gave us advance notice. Yeah. Unlike Vince McMahon. Um, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know. So let's talk about. So, okay. Well, let's talk about this. So did you see on AEW, Dustin Rhodes' students are final, are starting to. He already had one class. Taught his first class. Uh, ended a month ago, and one of the students has been on television a lot lately. This student also trained with Cody Hawk and, and uh, that esteemed uh, wrestling school, but trained with Dustin, Shauna Reed, Dark, and Elevation within a, within a two-week span. Are we going to start seeing more of these younger talents from these schools like Rhodes Wrestling Academy, like the Nightmare Factory, like the School of Morton, really start to take over, or is this this their uh, their marinating period where they're letting uh, uh, viewers, letting fans see the talent, and then kind of pushing them off for a little bit, and then bringing them back ready to go? What do you think? Is this a build phase or a uh, or a marinating phase? Well, I tell you, one one of them that you mentioned there that I actually do really enjoy watching, and I think they do mm. a really good job with. Uh, building their talent and getting their talent out there. School of Morton. Um, I, yeah. I enjoy watching School of Morton every Sunday on 505 Live. Uh, he has some pretty good talent on there. Um, there are a couple of them that I actually know personally. Um, 
and one of them we just booked to be on the show here within the next few weeks, the new School of Morton champion, yes. Triple Fears, Kevin Mears. Um, and, you know, so I, I think they're doing a really great job of getting people out there and really just building everything. So I, I tend to think for them it's a building period. Uh, some people aren't doing quite as much. Um, they may be more of a marinating period, but yeah, I think there's a mixture of both out there and I, I really do like what they're doing there though. I do too. And I think that this is going to be real. So you know what I truly think? And I'm not very, I'm a serious guy. I say what I mean all the time, but I don't really like to brag about people. Shauna Reed's freaking phenomenal. I mean, she is just incredible. I don't know if you saw her on the the showcase that I sent you, but very good. She was great on dark, great on or going to be great on elevation. But we're at a point now where we're starting to see a lot of the people we you know we were used to seeing the last ten years, whether it's the young bucks even or Kenny, they're going to start getting older. It's it's part of it's going to happen, unfortunately, and it's not a detriment to them because they could still probably do this when they're eighty. But it's going to be that time period where you're going to have to start bringing in younger talent. Even though it's a younger company, the talent's already a little older. So I think what AEW is doing right now to utilize so many schools around the country is phenomenal. And we're going to see a new level of athleticism, but we're also going to see a new breed of wrestler in the next five years. I mean, that's even, I think that's something to be really excited about. Oh, yeah. And did you see that uh, Susie Haas thinks you need to take a stampede from Kevin Mears? I'm not going to acknowledge that. You see, once I start, I'm just saying, because then I get in trouble. And she, she this person's also the one Susie said that I look like the Wolverine. The Wolverine can't touch me. Okay, if he did, I'd be in trouble because it would hurt, number one. Number two, it would go to jail. Number three, the Wolverine is a bum. B-U-M, bum. He barely got in the X-Men. He had to pay his way to get on the X-Men. And I heard he had to do some favors, too. Well, you know, hey, it is what it is. That was funny. That took a lot of effort. I'm sweating my mind out. I'm sicker than a dog. But, you know, that's okay. That's okay, Jeremy. Just giving you my heart, and I'm getting freaking suplexed by Lesnar. So what else do we got for uh, more high spots here? Okay, high spots. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the fact that... Actually, Haas, I want you to give your topic because I have a really good one that I think we could close on. Oh, no, go ahead. By all means. No, no, no. I got to find my words. Okay, let's talk about it then. We didn't talk about NXT moving at all. Have you noticed that? We went like three weeks where no one talked about NXT moving to Tuesdays. Well, I'm, it was mentioned a couple of times uh, in previous weeks when it was discussed about, uh, well, yeah, we did. We discussed NXT moving to Tuesdays. Did we talk about the ratings boost? As a matter of fact, Drake and myself, I'm at Drake, sorry. Uh, I'm at Jeremy and myself. We talked about it uh, when it very first, actually before it very first happened. And because uh, I made the point then that, their ratings weren't going to get any better by moving to Tuesday nights because they're going from competing against one big show, AEW, 
to competing against another big show, the Wrestle Talk podcast. So I don't think they can compete with us. Well, they can't. But since we already talked about that, I apologize. Like I said, it was election season. I bought a house in Texas. I bought a condominium down there. We had a lot going on. Did you see Jim Cornette getting cameos from Dan Housen? Okay, guys, my favorite end of, my favorite wrestler out there right now is Dan Housen. I think by far he is the best. Like seriously, just I'm not saying that anyway being facetious. I'm not being a prick. I really mean that. Dan Housen is phenomenal. So Jim Cornette starts finding this Dan Housen guy and people started buying him cameos from Dan Housen. So like that's so like let's say I sent Jim Cornette a cameo from Dan Housen. Have you seen these videos? Uh, I I haven't seen the specific ones you're talking about, but I have seen some videos from uh, Cameo.com. Um, I, I have seen the product from those, yes. Oh, my God, it's phenomenal. So these random people are buying Jim Cornette these Danhausen promos. And Danhausen's on Ring of Honor now. He's lit up pretty much everywhere he's went in professional wrestling the last couple of years. But if you have a chance, guys, seriously, check these out because these are gold. When Jim Cornette, Jim Cornette, let me repeat these words to you. When Jim Cornette likes somebody that's young in this wrestling business, that means something. And he did he did have a disclaimer. He said he hasn't watched any of Dan Housen's matches yet. But he loves Dan Housen so much he doesn't care. That's what he said, his exact words. If he watches a match and realizes how good he is, because everything is just, it's just looks crisp. It sounds, it just is awesome. Dan Housen's a gym. But Jim Cornette starts getting these, and he's getting these cameos about shitty booking and all this shit. And I'm telling you, Haas, if you have five minutes, you check out Jim Cornette getting these cameos. And also, here's another thing. If you are buying these cameos from people, know their worth. Okay, I'm going to get in some trouble right now, but I'm just going to say it. There's certain people on Cameo, Janetti, that are costing way too much for a video. Okay? Oh, I agree. Don't feed into their ego. They think that they're honestly worth $100 for five minutes or 150 for five minutes when 10 people don't even know them anymore. Don't feed into them and buy them. You buy somebody that's good. Buy somebody that's affordable. Don't break your bank and spend $500 for Ric Flair if you can get $100 or $55 for a Danhausen. Just saying. Support your wrestlers. The Ric Flairs of the world don't need it, and your bank account will thank you and me. I, you'll thank me too. That's a free life lesson, and I normally charge for those. And also, are you going to stop me? I'm ready to go. I'm on a rant now. Well, see, now you're getting on a rant, and our guest has arrived, so. <laughs> oh, great. So our, our, our guest will save us from you. Hey, I, I'll take it. Haas, <laughs> please introduce the man of the hour. I'm really looking forward to this. I'm really looking forward to the wrestler's life and getting into that. And I'm really getting looking forward to getting in and getting to know Brutal Bob Evans. All right. He, ha he hails from Massachusetts. Uh, he has been in many, many uh, different promotions. He's been in WWE. He's been in uh, NWA. He's been in all kinds of wrestling promotions. 
He made his professional wrestling debut in 1992. He has he uh, trained under Gino Carosa and Jeff Costa. He is the one, the only, the brutal Bob Evans. What's up, guys? How you doing? How are you doing? Welcome to the show. Good, good. Now, does this good-looking young man who goes by the city on the hill, does he actually have a name, or am I going to call you city on the hill the whole time? I am Drake Lee, and I am sorry that our our people didn't send you out that information. We'll have to fire some. Nice to meet you. How are you you doing? Haas, great to see you, my friend. Yes, nice to meet you, finally. Yes, 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 yes. So I'm, I'm driving, I'm doing... Uh, you know, the wrestle life consists of wrestling and life. So I got to kind of, when I'm not doing the wrestling stuff, we just, just kind of, we're yawning and stretching here in Massachusetts, trying to get ready to roll and, uh, getting ready to get out there and, uh, have some shots actually this weekend in Kansas and Kansas city. And that'll be pretty much the first time I've stepped in a ring in a long time, guys. So it's, uh, I'm fired up for it. I'm excited. I'm a little nervous. It's been a while, but. I've been able to keep myself busy and uh, family stuff and work stuff and obviously starting up the rest of life.com and just doing what I do. So, uh, but I hope you guys are doing good and I'm really looking forward to the show tonight. I'm excited about it and uh, fire away. Whatever you guys uh, want to ask or want to talk about, we'll, I'll be happy to talk about it. Awesome. And, and we'll be talking about um, what you're doing and you got going on this weekend here in a, a couple of minutes. But I wanted to jump right into Wrestle Life. I think this is really phenomenal. I was on your uh, website today just doing some research and I had uh, my team looking into it. I see a lot of wrestlers that I know that utilize your platform. And for the people at home or for the wrestlers that don't know much about it yet, or if they do, they need a little bit more insight. What's the main focus with Wrestle Life? Because you're you're encompassing the major, the most major part of professional wrestling, making money and actually being able to afford doing it. And you're teaching people how to actually live their, you know, be a professional and how they handle their business. And I, I think this is phenomenal. Yeah. And it's uh well, thank you. Yeah. It's uh it's kind of a project that came together over, over several years as most stuff does. And it's um, I started you know, I, I, I've been wrestling since 1992. It sounds way worse when somebody else says it for some reason, but <laughs> uh, so t- 29 plus years and, uh, you know, made a lot of mistakes when I was younger. Didn't really travel that much. Even when I was doing a lot of things, I was promoting a lot of events. I've I've promoted over 100 shows. I've wrestled, you know, probably 1500 matches. And but I really uh, didn't go really past the Northeast that much. For, I would say probably the first 18 years of my career. And so the last 10 or 11 years, especially hooking on with Ring of Honor, that really started getting my traveling bug going. And then when I started meeting wrestlers from all over the country and, you know, teaching them and trying to give them some words of advice, they started asking me if I could do seminars at their places. And through a lot of hard work and a lot of figuring out ways to travel and figuring out ways not to ruin your budget because I had to learn all this stuff pretty much from scratch again, guys, because, and this is me, I'm 48 now. This is probably me about 40 years old trying to figure out how to travel and how not to bust the family budget and not run up the credit cards too much. And so it was really kind of me learning with everyone else. So, and so this information is something I learned 25 years ago. This is stuff I've learned recently and it's uh, been very educational and 
so kind of through hard work and, you know, busting my hump and having a lot of help along the way and helping a lot of people along the way, I became a national wrestler. And then we started going to Canada, me and my partner, Tim Hughes, and I became an international wrestler and a North American wrestler. So we were supposed to go to the UK, Scotland, and Ireland last year. And we all know what happened with that. So hopefully that'll happen late this year. And it's been uh, very rewarding. So uh, a couple of years ago, I said, man, I, maybe I should kind of do like an online deal. And then I started kind of moving towards that, but I never could really get it organized and put it, put it together. Well, a few years ago, I met a guy named Mike Kane. Mike Kane's a great guy. He's from uh, Cape Cod, Mass. Sounds just sounds and looks just like Peter Griffin. So um, <laughs> I love so it. Mike's, but Mike's, yeah, but Mike's a great dude. Um, actually trained in OVW for a little while and then came back to Mass and took some of my stuff and became kind of one of my guys. So I was talking to him one night and just kind of going back and forth because Mike kind of works as a amateur psychologist for me sometimes when I'm going through some tough times. He's been a very supportive friend. And I said, man, I really want to get this off the ground. And he's like, well, if you wanted to, if you wanted to do something like this, what would you do? And I just started ranting and raving for about two hours straight. And he was really quiet on the other line. And I didn't understand why. And then he says, all right, well, I'm going to send something to you on email and you got to look at it. I said, okay. He had outlined the whole, basically the whole hangs with Bob rest of life course for me while he was talking to me. He's like, just do this. I outlined it all for you. Now what's your problem? And so literally we got it done. I went to his office and we recorded it. And it was me in front of a whiteboard and a couple of graphics later. And we got six, six courses done, which are basically the base blueprint course of the rest of life um, called the Hangs with Bob uh, seminar. And it teaches you how to make money, teaches you how to travel, um, teaches you how to uh, have a great relationship with your partner your romantic partner, someone you live with, uh, have a, have a better, how to communicate your needs better and what they need better. And, uh, it's, it was the only, that one, the relationship course was really the only one I just put my, put my notes down. And I said, look, I'm going to talk from the heart. I've screwed this up so many times I could teach a class on it. And here I am teaching a class on it. Right. So I, all I said was, I said, you really need to talk and explain to people that this is your dream. This is what you want to do. Because it's not their dream. They're never going to be as fired up about it as you are. So you have to show them results in a reasonable amount of time, or you have to figure out another way to do it. And I've noticed that 95% of wrestlers are working a job, are independent. Um, the national guys are all set. They're good. They have plenty of coaches, plenty of people taking care of them, hopefully. I mean, I'm there for them, too. I, I talk to plenty of national people. But the independent people just don't have... The resources or they just don't have someone who they can talk to and ask questions to of how do I travel? How do I get booked? How do I negotiate a fee? How do I fly? You know how many, you know how many wrestlers I've helped book flights? And I don't mean like book flights for a discount. I just mean going on Southwest and picking a flight. I, I couldn't believe how many people I talked to that said, yeah, man, you don't have to fly back on Southwest. You can fly back on another airline. You don't have to fly on the same one. Really? I don't know. That was, it, it was, it was, it was, but it's, it's the same way when I train in the ring. Uh, I, I'm, it's, it's very interesting to me and I'm not knocking anybody now. I'm, I'm very careful not to knock people because that's not who I want to be. And that's not who I am. But one of the things I can critique, not criticize, but critique, I can say is that we're very weak in fundamentals now. And we have to go back and, and teach guys and girls the fundamentals and the things that I was taught along the way 
because I want them to become more well-rounded athletes and more well-rounded wrestlers. Look, they're going to learn it at NXT or AEW or Impact or Ring of Honor when they go, but they might as well have those tools in their tool belt um, when they go now. Plus, you have to start practicing traveling now because I think WWE eventually is going to go back to traveling. Now, they may not, but they're going to go back to some kind of traveling and do some kind of house shows. Either they might just do like Peacock Network specials where it's basically a glorified house show. But I still think they're going to add more schedule, more, more uh, dates to the schedule. And you're going to have to learn to travel. And even if it's not traveling to wrestling events, they may have you on a Nickelodeon show. They may have you on another NBC show. They may have you doing a personal appearance on the Today Show where you're going to have to, you might have to be there and fly there in person, put on a suit. And you're going to have to learn how to travel and do these things. So it's really trying to encompass all the stuff that I was never taught um, when I was coming up. And even the stuff I wasn't taught until I learned it myself. So that that's kind of where we are with the rest of life too. So um, I hope that answers your question. I mean, we, we do a ton of stuff in there, but it's hard to encompass it all in one, one lump sum. Well, no, this is, this is phenomenal. I didn't realize, and I apologize for this. I didn't realize it went into even the personal life stuff either. I thought I didn't, I didn't do too much. I didn't have a chance to dive into it as deep as I wanted to. No, that's cool. That's cool. Drake. Literally, literally one of the things I don't want to interrupt, but it's important that you brought that up. One of the, I literally call my site, this is something you buy when you don't want to get yelled at by your wife anymore. That's pretty much what I tell people because, <laughs> because it, it, it's quite literally a way to, I call it negative to zero, zero to zero to some and some to more. So you go right now, most, most independent wrestlers are making no money. They're losing money. So what I do first is I stop the bleeding. I get them to zero. Here's how you can lose less money. Here's how you can make a little bit more money, and that'll get you to zero. Then I teach them how to build up their social media, wrestle better, wrestle more for their audience, promote the shows they're on, and all that stuff should work together to get you to more money. So to get you or some money, excuse me, get you to some money. So now you're coming home with a couple of bucks. And now all we do is we just keep hammering away at that process, and then we go from some to more, and we make more money. And now we're actually making a decent side hustle at it. Look, I can't guarantee anybody's going to make a living at this. I tried making a living at this, guys, and I fell flat on my face. I'll be honest with you. It wasn't because I wasn't good enough. It was because I had too much free time and my ADHD and OCD and all those tendencies. Kind of beat up. So gone. Here, I'm back. I'm back. Am I back? I lost you. Lost me for a minute. Yep, you're back. Can you guys hear me? Okay, good. Yes, sir. So I was, I was just saying, I, I, ha- I needed the structure. I needed somewhere to go every day. I needed. So this is why I picked up this little courier business because it's pretty much you're doing the same thing every day. It's predictable. It's very solid money, and I can just hand it over to my wife. Look, I, I had two bouts with gambling addiction that almost ruined my whole family because I had too much free time. I was spending time on the wrong things. So I didn't want to do that. You know, my wife is a great woman. She's, she's the best. She, she's been through a lot with me. We've broken up. We've gotten back together. It's, it's, it's been, it hasn't been easy. So I had to basically reprogram my whole wrestling career, my brain to figure out how to do this and not screw up my life, not screw up. And, and it was okay. When I started wrestling, guys up till probably 15 or 20 15 or 20 years in so i'm talking the late like 2008 you know something like that 2012 i thought people who traveled were marks they're oh you're traveling for nothing you're a mark 
I didn't realize that most of those guys I was criticizing are now, and girls, they're making six figures now. And you know what? Once I started traveling with my work and everything added up, I was getting close to that too. And I said, well, geez, why, why can't we just do wrestling the way we want to do it? As long as we honor wrestling and honor the business and honor our families as well, why, as well, why can't we do that? I'm so sick, guys. I'm so sick of the notion of the stupid myth, the uneducated, moronic myth that if you're not wrestling Roman Reigns and beating him for the belt at WrestleMania, you're a loser. And then, uh, so that means you're an indie guy who's on drugs and carnying the promoters and stealing money from the promoters. And, you know, you're, you're this broken down guy at these conventions with no fans sitting at your table. Like that you don't have, that's not the, that's not the reality. I've seen plenty of people make a good side living at wrestling, be very fulfilled by it, wrestle a lot, wrestle basically a full-time schedule, make a nice side income and still have time with their family, have time for work. And, and still have a career and, you know, health insurance and the benefits and 401k and all that. Look, it's going to be different for everybody. I can teach you how to do full-time wrestling too, but it's a tough hustle. And if you have any issues where you can't fill up your time with productive things, I would suggest you don't do it. Plus, you need to make sure you have enough money. You have to have about a year's worth of expenses put away before you even think about doing wrestling, especially if you have a family. I will not allow... I would never recommend, I mean, I can't say I won't allow it. I'm not the boss of people, but I will never recommend people, you know, walk away from responsibilities or not honor their family or not have money for the kids or stuff like that. Don't do that. But what I'm saying is you might have to take a step back financially for a minute, but just work that, work that much harder at your real job, get a few extra hours in or pick up something on the side and then use that to leverage your wrestling. And then eventually wrestling will pay for itself and profit, profit eventually. It, it takes it, it'll it'll go faster than you think. It just takes a while to kind of get the process moving. That's all. I think it's very interesting to ha- to have this conversation because you and I think so much alike. I wish I would have known about this sooner because I would have reached out to you a while ago. I this is the biggest part of it for me is is to you know not a lot of people realize the sacrifices that you have to make. Not not with just yourself. That's the easy part. We can all sacrifice ourselves anytime we want. We really can. But our families, the ones that we really love that, you know, build us, that's the hardest thing, in my opinion, for me to, you know, to do. And I think it's great that you have an organization that it's not going to give you everyone the right answer, right? Or it's not going to give everyone the answer. There's the right answer and there's different ways for different people. I'm I'm sure I'm getting from you. Um, but with that being said, when you started this, was there a, and you don't have to name the name or the name of the person. But was there a certain case or a certain uh, client that you had or you helped that you saw instant res- uh, you saw correlating results that his wrestling career got better when his home life got better with his family, or is that because I really feel like sometime foundation at home you're going to start thinking a lot of weird things you aren't going to be focused on the task at hand and you start getting out of sync is that the is that the case or am i completely wrong on this no i i think i think well one of the things i tell people is your wife it, most of the time i work with men so but this goes right. for everybody so don't you know men women straight gay i have no no issues with any of that okay so this isn't i'm not stereotyping i'm just giving you the, the most of the people i deal with so those are the terms i'm going to use okay so I usually have a guy who says, my wife is giving me a lot of, a lot of grief because I'm taking time away from her. I'm taking time away from the kids. 
And then I said, well, do you ever take your family to the show? Well, she doesn't want to go to the show. And I said, well, why doesn't she want to go to the show? And there's a lot of different answers for that, too. She might be she might be jealous of the attention you're getting. Look, we're all human beings. We all go through jealousy. You know, you're sharing your you're sharing yourself with these people and all these people are hugging on you and, and, and you don't have time for your wife. Well, that that happens. That's a perfectly human response. Or it might be I'm jealous of the time you spend away. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It's just you spend the time away or you're spending money. This trip is going to cost us 75 cost us 75 bucks from the family budget. And you're only going to make a $20 payday. So that's one of the reasons why I tell guys very quickly to sell merchandise, to make up that, to make up for that. You have to have merchandise on the table. Every time you go to a show without merchandise, you're costing yourself money. I'm going to say that again, because it's super important. Every time you don't go to a show without, with, 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 you don't go to a show, you go to a show without merchandise, you are losing money every time because someone is going to buy your picture. Someone is going to buy your t-shirt. Someone is going to buy your cup with your name on it, whatever you want to sell. Um, and you're losing, you're, you're losing money every time. If I went to you to, to a business and said, Hey, I have a perfect way where you can cut your losses almost immediately. Do you want it? And you said, no, get out of my store. I don't want to hear it. Well, that would be weird. So that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and I've had people resist me and it's just a weird thing. So, you know, the, the whole thing is with this whole business is your, 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 your economy is always going to be, the economy is always going to be what the economy, you know, 200 people. If you're lucky, you know, Oh, we sold out tonight at the big, with the big cage match with the name coming in and we got 400. Most shows are going to be between a hundred, I would say between 50 and 200 people. Well, there's your economy. So if you think you're going to hit up the promoter and say, I need 500 bucks and I need my hotel and flight taken care of, it's just not going to happen. You have to figure out a way to leverage, leverage the people that are in front of you. Well, you can always leverage the audience because you can say, well, Hey, pay me whatever you're going to pay me. Hey, I pay everybody 20 bucks. I'll give you 40 cause you're driving further away. Okay, great. So now I made 40. Well, if I sell five pictures and two t-shirts, there's 65 bucks and now it's 105. But if I didn't go and ho- held out for this big, big money that I wouldn't get, I lost out on that opportunity. We have to teach people that they have to also be wrestling in front of different audiences and getting out there. And as far as like instant results, I, it really isn't an instant thing aside from I've had, I get plenty of messages where they say, Hey Bob, I'm just letting you know that, uh, I've never made any money in wrestling and I made $64 last night. And I had one where a guy went home to his wife and he was able to hand her like a hundred bucks for groceries. And they both cried together. He said, we cried together. And you know, it was the, it was the best connection we had in, in, in a long time. And she finally saw the light at the end of the tunnel and it wasn't an oncoming train, you know? Um, so, it, and, and wow. the whole thing is, those are the stories I get. Now I do have a story on the site. You, you scrolled, you might've scrolled right by it. Cause I have a lot of, I have a lot of information on there, but there's one guy who I've been dealing very closely with. His name is Jack Parker. He's from Arkansas. Jack Parker. I was going to ask you. Yep. Yeah. So, um, Jack, I, I always brag on because Jack, Jack had one show where he did $812 with less than 50 people paid. And no, he didn't sell bullet club shirts. He didn't sell, uh, you know, fake Hulk Hogan shirts or anything like that. He sold all his own stuff. And what happened was he just, he just went with a lot of great merchandise and a lot of his merchandise you can wear at the gym or around town and you won't look like a clown or you won't look like a weirdo. 
And Jack just hustles and, and goes places. And he and I are very careful. I do an interview with him because I want to ask him what his process was. And we met in a very strange way. Jack actually was a promoter at the time. He promoted his own shows and he booked me for two shows. And he canceled both of them. But he paid me my full rate. And my full rate's pretty good, guys. It's, it's not cheap. So, And he paid me my full rate. He made sure of it. And the second time, I actually tried to give it back to him. He wouldn't let me. He said, no, I, I, cost you, I cost you a chance to get booking with somebody else, so I'm going to pay for your time. And I said, well, man, I said, I feel guilty about this, so let's do some one-on-one coaching. So we did about six or ten hours of one-on-one coaching the next couple of months. And he went from being a $30 – would, he would make 100 bucks a weekend, including merchandise and paydays. And now he regularly makes between 750 and a thousand bucks when he runs three shows on a weekend. Now he, oh, wow. it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to do that with COVID, but I know every time I talk to him, he's doing 250, 175, 400, 512, you know, 812, whatever. He's always averaging in that between 200 and 400 bucks. And that's incredible. It's not, again, we, we make sure we say, these aren't fake numbers. This is a real guy. You can friend him on Facebook and ask him yourself. All these numbers are real. And my whole thing is he now looks at the payoff like, hey, cool. I get a payoff. I can buy my kids dinner with it. I can buy my family dinner with it. Now, his wife actually runs his merch table because she was involved in the business for a while, too. So she actually runs a business. Table. She's his business partner. And we're not always going to have that. But you can still have good merchandise. You can still buy it. Invest in yourself. Buy some nice shirts. You can find a printer that can print you shirts for six or seven bucks a piece, sell them for 20. There's a 200% profit there. And if that scares you, then go to Kinko's, get 10 pictures made. And they can be action shots. They can be pose shots. They can be both. And those 10 pictures will probably cost you seven bucks. And when you sell those 10 pictures, you'll have 50 bucks and you'll make $43 profit. So you'll, you'll make some money. And just keep repeating that process and then get better at it. Because what you'll do is you'll start... When you're out there at the at the merchandise table, you'll start seeing all the people that sell merchandise and you'll see all the people and you'll start kind of picking up on what they do. What do they do? You know, I saw these two guys that had a great idea. I forget their names. The nice, nice young guys. And they were the tag champs. And what they did is they would bring in tag belts to defend everywhere they were. They were like the whatever, the Northwestern or international tag champs, right? Just kind of a generic sounding thing. And, you know, they would, if they wanted, they would drop the belts or win the belts. It wouldn't matter. It was like a spot show thing. And what they would do is they do pictures and they take, they take pictures with, um, you know, kids and they'd be holding the, the, the guys would be holding the belts. And I pulled them aside and I said, guys, when the young bucks go out there, they put the belts on the fan shoulders and take pictures with them. And then the next time I saw them, they said, you upped our sales by like 200% just by doing that. And I said, yeah, That's man, a- I said, yeah, but I didn't, it wasn't my advice. It was right. watching Nick and Matt do what Nick and Matt do because man, I don't, I don't look, I'm a, I'm a ham and egger. I'm a jabroni. I'm the 25th man on the roster for a guy, whatever you want to call it. I hung around and hung with the best at ring of honor for eight and a half years. And I'm damn proud of it because I wasn't as talented as those guys, but no one had the passion I did for the company, for the business or for teaching. So I hung around for eight and a half years. I got matches when nobody said I'd get matches. I got, I got, I was on pay-per-views. I was, I opened up uh, final battle three years in a row. Bert Cheeseburger and I had a dark match that was pretty much like the fourth or fifth biggest match on the on the show, and they made it a YouTube exclusive for a long time. We had the record for YouTube hits. Um, you know, I'm damn proud of what we've done, 
You know, I'm, I'm damn proud of what we did at Ring of Honor. I met Tim. I met my tag team partner, Tim Hughes, there. And, you know, I, I've done a lot of things. But you know what I did when I was there? Look, man, I was I was $150, $250 a night guy. I studied what the millionaires were making. I studied, I studied when I saw AJ Styles, I said, what does AJ Styles do that other people aren't doing? What are what are the what does the Bullet Club do? What does Adam Cole do? And I was fortunate enough to be one of those guys that told Adam Cole, you're a main event guy. Don't scratch around with the chickens, fly with the eagles. And he didn't need my look, he had plenty of smart people in his ear. I, I'd be lying if I said I said some great thing to Adam Cole that turned his life around, because that would be a complete lie. But I'd like to say that I played a small part and I knew Adam Cole was going to be a star and he just did star things and became a star. So, but I, I learned the lesson from the millionaires. You know, you watch and you see what's John Cena doing that I'm not doing. Well, he's, you know, he, look, John Cena was a middle-class guy from West Boylston, Massachusetts, maybe upper middle-class. His dad's a nut. His dad's a manager still in the New England area. His dad's the biggest wrestling fan I've ever met. He's a great guy. He's half, he's half nuts. But I love him, John Cena, John Cena Sr. But how do you, you have such passion for the business in your family? And then what does John do? John, you know, I use this for myself, but John Cena is the king of this. John Cena has done more stuff for free to make money than independent guys have done to make money for money. So, I mean, all this stuff he's done for Make-A-Wish, and he didn't do it for money, but I'm just saying, all the stuff he's done, he's done favors for friends of mine, and they've tried to pay him, and he's waved them off. I mean... I know plenty of people that, that just put themselves in service of other people. And that's really what I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to provide servant leadership here, give you guys some good stuff. And again, I offer the 14 days for free for a reason. You go on the wrestlelife.com, you sign up for 14 days. There's no strings attached. You can cancel. I even send you a reminder after 12 days to let you know you're going to renew. I'm not trying to sneak anything by you. So look at it. And then if you want to hang with us, it's $49 a month. But I guarantee you, if you put all that stuff into play, I'll make you way more than $49 a month. I'll probably make you 500 bucks a month if you're out there. Return, return yeah. on investment. ROI, baby. I mean, it's it, it's it's a value exchange, right? Right. I'm, I'm really enjoying I I honest to God, I think this is my most insightful interview so far this year because there's oh, so you. much that, and I'm not just saying that, this really is, there's so much that doesn't meet the eye when it comes to how to become a successful, and we all have different terms of success, right? Some guys just want to do this on the weekends, and like, and some guys want to travel full time and become, you know, Shawn Michaels, and that's truly their goal. But it all goes around the same principles, and it all you all have to. It comes down to the same business model too. I mean, even though it's going to be different for everyone, the concepts kind of are still the same. And I just, I'm really enjoying this. And Haas, I'm sorry I'm taking up your time, buddy. I just when hey, I start I, talking I about just, business, I just enjoy you know listening to the knowledge and listening to, you know, everything that they tell us, it, it really is. And, you know, we actually have, um, one of our other hosts here, uh, Joe Lance goes by nightmare Jones. He is a referee in the indie circuits and stuff. Nice. And he's been all over refereeing and he wants to come on here. He actually has a, uh, a little story involving you. Uh -oh. And he also has a uh, question for you involving merchandise. Oh, now I'm in trouble. What's up, Hi, man. Bob? How's How it going, you, man? Good. Yeah, so my story is I went to one of your seminars uh, in uh, Middleway, West Virginia for a company called 
EPPW and and I got to referee your wrestling match and in this wrestling match you're body slamming everybody and then you turn around and you pick me up like you're gonna body slam me and that was absolutely one of the greatest moments (laughs) I've ever had I lost control but I but thank God Tim was there to calm me down and and make sure that I didn't slam you to the mat and get us disqualified I actually remember that match yes (laughs) Yes. Yes. So, well, was, <laughs> I'm sorry, Nightmare. I'm, I lost my head. I hope you forgive good. me. It's all good. So my question is, is you know, you see wrestlers that, that have merchandise. Do you think it's a good idea for referees to have merchandise, or do you think it's just a wrestler thing? Believe it or not, my man, I've been asked that question probably about 50 times by 50 different refs, <laughs> by ring announcers, by podcast hosts, by anybody else mm-hmm. in the business and my answer is always the same yes it is okay for referees to have merchandise okay. just make it a cool shirt makes make it something that people will buy yeah and then go nuts man I just quali- quality merchandise yeah I, I was was thinking of, of like having a shirt that that just says like boo the the ref because everybody loves to boo the ref so i mean <laughs> you could have boo the ref and then you could have cheer the ref you have two shirts. It's it's like the Elvis thing, right? The I hate Elvis and the I love Elvis thing. Sure. Or how about a wrestling example? I love Cena or Cena sucks. Right there. You know? and, and Cena doesn't care because Cena's name is on both of them. So what does he care? He has money for both of them. Exactly. So, yeah, man, I think that's great. Plus, anybody coming through as a referee will probably buy one because they'll think it's funny. Right. You know? So... Okay. And I think you'll actually get some fans that'll buy it. And yeah, man, that's a great idea. Awesome. So hurry up and do it before I steal it from you. <laughs> there you go. I have a quick question. Sure. I just to jump back in, and I I apologize for the echo. I'd start a bother. Yeah, I was going to say we got a little bit of an echo, but it's all right. I'm hanging in. It's okay. Okay. And I I know you've probably been asked this question. Oh, it went away. Times. Whatever you did, it went away. Good job. Oh, wow. Hoss, mic that down. That's the first time I've been right on something today. We did it. We did it. I just wanted to talk real quick about your, not really your, whenever you had your time with WWF, way back in the day, I was looking through some of the research that you, you know, some of the things that you did. What's the process of a show like that like compared to, you know, a, a sellout, thousand plus major indie show is it the same is it a different attitude a different atmosphere or is it, is it a completely different planet what's the layout like well it's pretty i've been involved in some pretty cool stuff so i i was a fan when piper and hogan were getting big like the war to settle the score stuff mtv and all that that's when i first became a fan that's pretty much the coolest time to become a fan i think but then i became then i got into the business right as like all the 1992 sex scandal stuff was happening right Nobody, trust me, nobody was trying to molest me or anything. Nothing like that. But actually, they, Geraldo Rivera did one of his specials from the gym I was training at because he used to travel to Cape Cod Mass to vacation. And I just remember because he was interviewing Dr. D, David Schultz for it. And Dr. D showed up. And of course, I'm like a month in the business and I met Dr. D, David Schultz, who I was still scared. I still, I met him a couple of years ago too, and I was still scared to death of him. And, uh, <laughs> And then um, Geraldo didn't show up late. So Dr. D says, yeah, man, go tell, go tell Geraldo to go F himself. And he just left. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. So, and then Geraldo showed up and he was pretty cool. 
and we did a few things. I never made the air, but some of the other guys did. We were kind of like just the wraparound stuff he was doing so he could have a wrestling ring to, you know, to have for a background when he was telling the story about Vince McMahon and all that. But anyway, so that's when I broke in. Um, then I started doing, so I did my, I did one TV job at Wrestling Challenge for, with Adam Bomb, um, which is on there. And that was kind of in the, in the days of when they would hire, you know, hire about 20 local guys and just kind of put them in a room and you just meet up with somebody and they'd go over the match with you and then just squash you. Um, and then later on when I came back, cause I didn't really, I wasn't really ready to do it then. And I, it took me a long time to get back. But when I started going back in 99, 2000, 2001, it was the attitude era. So that was cool. My first time I came back was in Boston in 99 where Vince McMahon was the higher power. It was me, Austin. It was me, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So, and then here's a weird trivia thing. I was actually supposed to be the doctor that pulled the hand out of Mae Young. So Jesus. Yeah. No way. Oh yeah. But I kind of, I kind of boo-boo faced myself out of that one. It's probably the only time I've ever kind of prima donnaed myself out of it. And now I kind of regret it because at least I would, you know, I would have been kind of known for that. But I, at the time I was trying to be a little, slightly more serious, you know, and, and wrestling wasn't as light, believe it or not, wrestling wasn't as light as it is now. Now I do it in a second, but back then it was, I was trying to take myself a little bit more seriously, you know? So, um, so I kind of moped about it and then they just had a, one of the, one of the pr- producers do it or whoever it was one of the, you know, one of the, t- one of the production guys. So, and then, and then I worked a few matches, a few dark matches, opening up, opening up for TV and things like that. And then I got, and, and so that was cool. And I got to see like a lot of that stuff and that was awesome. And then I got to, you know, and then I worked at my own school for a long time and would send people to TV, which was cool seeing guys get their shot. And then, uh, started at ring of honor and really kind of, kind of watched ring of honor become a bigger thing came from this smaller thing in Philadelphia to get national TV, to having all these guys come through the system and, go on to NXT and all that stuff. So, and then really, you know, hung around during the bullet club stuff and all that. And it was just a really cool time to, to be in the business. So, um, but as far as, I mean, WWE shows are absolute chaos in the back. And you always, when you look at the live shows, you always walk around and you go, how the hell are they going to pull together a live show in, in time, especially back then. And they managed to do it every time they pull together a show and it's a good show. And they and they get it done. I mean, they, they can they still get criticized and I have my criticisms, too. But I mean, WWE's, you know, was always a cool. They were always everybody was always nice to me. Nobody was really a jerk. Um, you know, and, and the people back then, Stephanie and Shane, were always really they were always really professional. And, you know, all, all the all the big stars were very humble and down to earth. You know, I always tell a, a story about how Rock was in line and head of the catering and. And Rock had a, he grabbed a couple of pieces of chicken with a fork by accident. And he turned to me and he's like, you want one of these? And I'm like, yeah, thanks Rock. You know, like that whole thing. But, um, and after a while you show up a lot and they start to know you by face. They don't know you, but you start, I was booked about 18, 20 times over a year and a half, two years. And they were doing a lot of stuff in in the Northeast for TV. So I, I got booked a lot. Um, probably the biggest thing that came out of TV was my close friendship with Kevin Kelly because Kevin was booking all the extras at the time. And Kevin and I are really tight. He's one of my best friends in the world. And his son is my godson. So we're, we're really tight. And Kevin's actually part of the rest of life. He actually teaches the spoken word communication classes on there. And uh, Kevin teaches you how to do better promos. And 
Kevin Kelly's probably the unsung promo guy of the last 15 years. A lot of the guys that came from Ring of Honor uh, really benefited from Kevin's help. And Kevin did a lot of help coaching and things like that. So, um, so really it was, yeah, I mean, and as far as big indie shows, I don't really feel the pressure anymore because it's just, I'm in a different place. I'm kind of like a senior guy in the business now, however you want to say it, like an elder or whatnot. So, but I mean, I still get butterflies if it's a big show and we've wrestled in front of some really cool places. We did a, Tim and I did a benefit, a cancer benefit in Jean-Pierre, Quebec, which is way up, way up in the mountains. It's probably about two, 300 miles past Montreal. And um, that was that was a great show. They had no names on the show. I guess if you want to call me and Tim names, I guess. But they had no names on the show, and they drew 1,200 people. So that was a giant show for, for just an indie show. And it was awesome. It was super fun. So, um, so that's, you know, it's... I, I I love small shows. I love big shows. <clears throat> I just like passion. I just want to see the fans have a good time. I want to see the wrestlers have a great time, and I want to see everybody kind of. And I and and I do. I try to do a lot with promoters and bookers too. I put out a couple couple about a month ago. I put out a a, a free class for bookers, independent bookers. The eleven things that you should be doing on your show and how and you know why. And, and telling them like what what I think my vision of a perfect indie show would be, and then I've I've done stuff with wrestlers that you know I've, I put a lot of free classes on there too. So if you're scared to go on the wrestlelife.com and try it out for 14 days, if that's too scary, you can always go on the wrestlelife page, uh, Facebook page, and there's some free stuff on there too. A lot of free resources. You know, I, again, I'm not trying to sell everyone to death and steal every dollar from everybody. I mean, there's a value to what we do, but I have a feeling we're going to give you way more value than any money you spend on us. So, um, but really the, the, the biggest thing guys is just trying to get more people in the building, trying to get people to run better shows, trying to get the talent mm-hmm. to be, to step up their game and just be their best selves and everybody be kind of happy. I think the days of, I just hate when people are miserable, like, cause that, that misery spreads like a disease, like a virus, you know? We've had a lot of we've had a lot of experience with viruses lately. So, but the the that misery and all that that just I don't know, man. It just do you really the way I say it is: Do you want to be the guy who walks in a room and gives everybody a stomach ache and they don't want to see him, or do you want to be the guy who walks in a room and makes everybody happy? Oh my goodness! Oh, it's great to see you. Even if you even if they saw you yesterday, they're still happy to see you again. Don't you want to be that person? And it doesn't really take that much more effort to be that person than the than the miserable person. So, and, 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 you know, and I think if we just kind of keep concentrating on being good people and trying to help get other people booked and trade talent back and forth, I encourage, I always encourage promotions to trade carloads back and forth. Hey, use these, use this carload and then they'll send the carload back. And I'm, I'm always a big fan of that. You know, that way there's really not a lot of financial, you know, uh, restraint, nothing like that. And it, it also gets people into different areas. It encourages people to travel. And I'm a big fan of people going three or four in a car to drive your costs way down. And if you go three mm-hmm. or four in a car, you can stay in a nice hotel. You can rent a car. You don't have to use your own car. And life is going to be a lot easier for you. So that's that's kind of a lot of the stuff I subscribe to. But as far as kind of getting back, I know you asked me a question a long time ago, and it took me a while to answer it. But the, the, the biggest thing I can say really, guys, is... Um, the biggest thing I can say with that is that every show that is pointed in the right direction and has good people on it, I'm fired up to go to 
And again, WWE is is a, is a whole different animal. I would I would consider that much more of a like a World Series or like a big national sport uh, game of the week type thing, or you know the uh, you know just a big event, the World Series every week. It's like this big national TV thing, you know. So I mean, it can be intimidating, but just realize that if you have a great foundation and you know what you're doing, then if you go there, you'll do a good job. You'll be fine. You might not be what they're looking for, but you'll do a good job. So without without a doubt, and and Haas uh, Nightmare, do you have anything else that we'd like to add? Because I think this is probably we've learned so much. We've gotten a lot out of this, and I know we're short on time. We and we have the shoot and shout. And you guys are you guys are format people, and I'm not, and I get yelled at all the time. Well, I got one. I'm gonna break format for a second, only because this will play, and this this will play into it. But what I like to do when I'm at the end of our little show here is I want to give you guys a little coaching call. So what's you know, give you guys a little bit of a hot seat, each one of you. And if you guys have a question about the business or something I can help you with, something you're struggling with right now, let's do it right now. You know, let's do a little little. The WrestleLife.com jam session right here. So, okay, whoever wants to start, if you want to, you know, just put yourself on the hot seat, a couple minutes, and we'll see if we can solve a problem for you. Jones, would you like to go, Hoss, or would you like me to throw get thrown on the hot seat? I'm cool with. I think it'd be fun. I'll let you go first, man. You All right, formulate um, your questions while he's doing it. <laughs> my my questions is, is kind of a general one, but it's more. I'm going to a, a, a show at an academy here in the next month. Been oh, told, sweet who? Um, Dustin. Oh, nice. Rose. And um, this is the first awesome. time I actually told people about that. Yeah, I got accepted. Oh, and um, Yeah, Dustin's the man. To, thank you. And, uh, you know, been doing this, you know, commentating for a year and training and – or commentating for a year, then doing matches for a year, then going to this point. I'm starting to get a little bit of an idea of – who Drake Lee is, um, but how? Pre- I'm worried. I'm worried that I'm not going to be prepared mentally for this. Uh, even though it's we're getting close, and that's a stupid thing to say, and it's not very confident. I'm. I'm. My mentality is a little bit different because I don't know, not necessarily have what to expect, but to how to, how to handle you know, the everyday training schedule and. What's what's your one bit of advice for somebody who's kind of gun shy, who's a pretty self secluded person, meeting a bunch of new people in a new area? What what's the best way to make sure that what my what I want to do with the Drake Lee with what I want to do with myself, Drake Lee, in the future? How can I make sure that that stays consistent whenever um, Dustin's helping me? Well, the try biggest thing, more- and I try to, and I try to kind of, I mean, I've never. I've never been in any seminars with Dustin, unfortunately, and I would definitely go. I pay my money. One thing I've learned when I'm doing a lot of this wrestle life stuff, because I didn't know how to put together a website. I didn't know how to do the marketing for it, guys. So I got coaching. I got a gentleman named Shane Sams from fliplifestyle.com. I'll give him a shout out. Shane's a big wrestling fan, by the way. And Shane was a guy who spoke my language. So, but what I also knew is it's going to be hard. I can tell you right now, man. I'm glad you're investing in it. I'm glad you're getting a guy who knows his stuff. One of the things I've noticed about Dustin right away is that he doesn't like he he doesn't mind if you're not that good. That's okay. Because he can always make you better, right? Just don't quit. I mean, if it's not for you, don't be afraid to walk away. Right. But I'm saying don't quit. Like, don't quit on the drills. Don't quit on 
because it's a little tired or you're a little uncomfortable. Look, there's going to be times where you're a little uncomfortable and you're going to be sore. If you're hurt, if you're injured, don't, don't push yourself. But if you're a little sore or you're out of breath, try to push it and try to do what you got to do. That's one thing I've noticed that he just doesn't take kindly to people who he's been through a lot in his life. So some little wrestling drill where you just can't make it through. And that doesn't mean that you do it perfectly. It means that you just get through it. You're going to get more respect from him if you just don't quit. And plus, even if you leave him and you want to go somewhere else, it might be a little easier, but is it going to be better? Because here's a guy who's going to hold you to some higher standards and he's 50 years old and he's still a better athlete than you are. And he can still go, you know, go nuts in the ring and work hard and all that. So I would want a guy like that. You know, I'm full. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I look at him as a guy. I look at him as a role model to get in better shape and get better wind and all that and stay in shape and just be that be kind of, you know, I mean, he's, I mean, he, a little late in the face, but then you just paint your face and that goes away and his body looks the same and he covers up his body. So and again, he had to go through a lot of stuff and he's somebody who can give you a lot of real life advice. Hey, man, I've had my ass kicked for 30 years in this business. So I, he can probably give you a lot of potholes to avoid, just like I can. But, I mean, he's done so much more than I have and so much different stuff than I have. Um, it, 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 really, the biggest thing is, I think, just be respectful, listen, be there, be there as much as you can, soak it up, and just don't quit. And then when he's hopping in the car to go somewhere for a seminar or someone else is hopping in the car, you go. You go. If somebody doesn't have a ride, you drive them. If Dustin needs some, needs to go, and I'm not talking about kissing somebody's butt, not nothing like that. There's no stop. We're all we're not five years old, okay? Putting putting yourself in service of someone to hopefully get opportunities is just being a good person and being a smart businessman or businesswoman. That's it. There's no and plus you're not doing it for an ulterior motive. If you needed a ride, you do it anyway. So right, what I'm saying is just put yourself. If you're gonna go do that, then I'm sure there's gonna be people wrestling indie shows. Go to the indie shows. And as far as announcing, man, volunteer to announce everywhere. If they, if they can't pay you, do it anyway. I don't care if you do it into your own MP3 recorder. I don't care if you do it into an iPhone with earbuds and you record it yourself. And then you just give them the audio track and they can put it over their stuff. It doesn't matter. You need to practice. You need to get better. And as far as announcing goes, just because we're kind of talking in generalities, um, don't be the funniest guy in the room. Everything doesn't have to be hilarious. I saw one where the guys were beating each other with chairs within an inch of their lives. And the guys were talking about going to some Italian restaurant worried about getting themselves over. So worry about getting the match over because you're there to get the match over. You're the, you're, you're basically the, you know, the, well, the fourth member of the team after the ref, but you're the fourth member of the team trying to get these guys over. Now you're not going to take their finish, but you can certainly talk about how devastating their finish is and, and how nobody's kicked out of it yet. And then when the other guy kicks out of it, you put over both guys, you put over how dangerous the finish was and how brave and courageous the other guy was by kicking out of it. So, but if you don't talk about that and you talk about the spaghetti supper you're going to have later, then we're kind of not doing our job. So, Really, just if you're going to do something like that, invest the money with a very well-known guy like that. And again, it's it's weird for me to say, like, you know, it's okay to quit. I'm not saying quit, 
if it's not for you, if something doesn't click, it doesn't feel right, and it's just completely not what you expected, then maybe you have to look at something else. But I really think you're going to have a positive experience there. All I'm telling you to do is while you're there, don't quit. And even if it's not a positive experience, don't quit on the drills. Don't let them hold that against you, you know. But I don't think it's going to be that environment anyway. I, I've heard good things about it. So really, but I'm just trying to give you the real life advice, give you both sides of the both sides of the coin as much as I can, you know. But oh, I think yeah, you're gonna I, appreciate have, I, think, it. I think you're gonna have a good experience. So but then do all the other stuff that indie people do, man. Travel. You know, travel, travel, travel. Go do the stuff. Even when it's not easy to do, put yourself, you know, get hundred bookings a year as an announcer. Just go do it. Because it's a hundred more announcing gigs than most guys are gonna have. And then when you get the gig somewhere, they'll tell you how lucky you are. And you'll laugh at them and say, lucky. I had 400 shows in four or five years. You guys sat home and complained about what was on SmackDown. Right. Right. So that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Just And it, it, it it's not always going to pay. And I'm sorry. But guess what? There's no elementary school for this. There's no middle school for this. There's no high school for this. So you have to kind of give, you have to kind of educate yourself. And it's still, I don't think they're going to stop paying my kids, my kids. My kids are in middle school and they haven't cast, they haven't sent them a check yet. So I, I think that's pretty much like uh, the investment in time, you know. So. Yeah, I, I can't thank you enough. That's that actually helps me kind of feel a little less jittery about stuff because it's one of those where you just need someone to. No, be I because I, I get really wrapped up in my thoughts and I'm like, oh my god, what if I do this and this and this? But it's just as simple as you just said it, and that's what I've been trying to explain to myself for a week now, calming myself down. Is just work your just ass work, off. Just, just work your ass off. Don't quit on any of the drills. I can't tell you how important that is. Even if you're sucking at it, just don't quit at it. You know, if it's a drop down drill or if it's hip tosses. Look, you can always roll. You can always run the ropes and not do the drop downs. You can always do something, you know, so you can always keep moving. And and even when you're tired, you know, again, don't give yourself a heart attack. And, and obviously, if, if you if you don't feel right, I mean, don't push yourself past past exhaustion. But I'm also going to tell you that discomfort isn't exhaustion and discomfort isn't pain. And I think sometimes we mistake um discomfort for pain real pain chronic pain should get looked at by a doctor my legs are sore because i did 500 squats yesterday isn't is, is pain but it's not it's temporary pain it's not permanent pain and it's something Absolutely. you're gonna have to toughen yourself up for so that's kind of what i mean by that but you're gonna be fine man just you have a good attitude you're well spoken you have a good personality just and just practice announcing you're like just be a well-rounded guy the ring needs to be set up, set up the ring. If the lights need to be set up, set up the lights, drive the ring truck, you know, go pick somebody up from the airport, learn how to navigate trips, learn how to book a loop for yourself. By the way, in the wrestlelife.com, I have one called booking a loop and it's three shows, 2,200 miles. You leave on Thursday, you leave on Friday, you come back on Monday. So I even oh, wow. have that in there for you too. And guess what? I have one for booking a flight too. We talked about booking a flight. So... Again, That's incredible. Is, oh, yeah. Booking a flight for 15% discount, too. Ooh. How about that? Hey. Wow. That's, I'm, that's really good. That's, yeah. I'm going to be looking into that, actually. That's, that's something I'm going to be looking into the next couple of days. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much for taking the time to sure. you know, help address that. All right. Who else? 
these other two handsome men might have a question by now, I hope. <laughs> um, I, I guess my only question is, you know, uh, I've been in the wrestling business for like six years, and uh, how do you get yourself out there more? Like, how do you get booked for, like, more matches? Do you just, like, show up to match, to, to shows? Do you, like, how do you get yourself booked for, like, more? How do you get your name out there more? Well, I always use I, I one of the one of the less one of the most uh, popular and most successful ways I do it as I call it the three lies: work, family, and vac- care for work, or I'm going to be on vacation. So, and then what you do is you just let a promoter know that you're going to be there. See, it's funny because guys ask me this question all the time, and they go, "Well, how do you ask a promoter for work?" I said, "I just tell them you're going to be there." What do you mean just tell them I'm going to be there? Well, if I'm not saying go there and eat all the food out of their refrigerator and steal all the money out of the money box. What I'm saying is you go there and you say, hey, man, I'm here. I got my ref shirt, but if you have enough refs, let me set up the ring. Let me sell the merchandise. Let me sell the popcorn. I'll pop the popcorn. I'll sell the merchandise. Whatever you need. I'll mm-hmm. put on a mask and get squashed and take somebody's finish. If, if you feel safe doing that, I'll... I'll be the I'll be the Donald Trump I'll win our Donald Trump wig and we can do a Donald Trump parody thing in there whatever you need like what I'm saying is you kind of make yourself available for anything do you need me to pick anybody up, up up along the way do you need me do you need any wrestlers do you need another ref look it's independent wrestling man you know you know just like I do there's either five refs on the show or one there, yeah. there's never like three refs on a show and it's everything's perfect there's always oh I had four refs drop out and now John's the only ref oh damn it you know, oh, and these, you know, so if you were there and plus, like, who doesn't need another ref? I had one guy come to a Ring of Honor pay-per-view. He didn't get paid, but he, he and he's a referee in the area. He didn't ref one match, but you know what he did? He went into he went to every match and he put like ice bags on the guy on the back of the guy's necks when they went out there. He checked on all the guys. He was in like eight out of the 10 matches that night. I said, you were on the pay-per-view more than the champion. And the guy got a lot of exposure out of that. Now, it's not exactly the role he signed up for, but it's the role that was provided for him that day. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. So what I would do is I'd start figuring out people around you. If they're, if they're going places, Hey, do you need, you need somebody else in the car? I'll throw in gas money, whatever. Again, my, my whole thing is to get people where you're staying in halfway decent hotels and if there's three or four people in a car, you should be able to rent a car. You should be able to stay in a nice hotel. Don't stay in these flea bags motels that are going to bend your back in half. Don't, don't, don't do that. Stay in a nice place. You know, don't stay in a $500 a night hotel, but at least stay in a, look, if it's the difference between 50 and $80 and there's four of you, that's a $7 difference each person. So stay in the $80 room. It's going to be a lot better for you. So, yeah. and then, and then just make yourself available, either be available okay. to ride, be available. And again, I'm, I want you guys to understand, I'm not telling you to go everywhere for free for the rest of your life and be a sucker and not make any money. What I'm saying is, if they don't know you, then volunteer services the first time and say, hey, next time, can I get a little money for gas? And then maybe the next time, it's like, hey, can I get a little pay now plus the gas money? And all of a sudden, you went from zero, and now you're making 30, 40 bucks, and now you're selling a little merchandise, and it turned into a $7,500 day for you. But if you didn't go the first time for zero, now you're not making the 7500 and it's not going to happen right away. It's going to happen over a series of months. But guess what? Most people are going to quit or not go in the first place. I guarantee you 99% of the people I give this advice to aren't going to do it. So that already puts you in the top 1%. So 
So now you only have to compete with the top 1%. And who are those guys? Those guys are the guys already out there. And they can't be everywhere at once, which means there's going to be a spot for you too. So that's why you got to look and you got to you got to go do it. And you got to go travel right now. And then eventually they'll say, man, this guy's a hell of a ref. Let's book him all the time. Sure. And then you're just there all the time. That's it. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, all right, Haas. Sense. All right, Haas. What do you got? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, I mean... <clears throat> Be honest with you, I'm not exactly in the business. I'm just a real big fan of the business. And, you know, I'm just getting into the podcasting uh, part of it, helping out here and stuff. Um, So more for our listeners, what would you suggest to them? Because we have a lot of listeners who really want to get into the business and are really trying to get in the business. Uh, What would you suggest to them would be their best avenue to get in the business? Well, you've already learned an important lesson for your uh, for your podcast. You've already learned an important lesson for your uh, podcast audience is um, serve your customers well. So what you're doing is you're actually giving your question over to your podcast listeners who are your customers. And I think that's awesome. So well done. Um, so people who want to get in the business, I would say do a little research first and realize that this is, if you want to do it for fun, there's nothing wrong with that. But eventually the fun part runs out, not to the point where it's not going to be fun, but again, you're going to, your life is going to change. Maybe you started, I started as a single guy and then all of a sudden a year in, I had a fiance and uh, later on, 10 years later, I had kids. So my life changed a lot during my wrestling career. So eventually you're going to have to be accountable to somebody else. And even if it's right now where your parents are screaming at you, hey man, you need to hold a job while you're doing this or you need to have this be a side hustle or whatever, you may have to pay rent to your parents for staying there. So, I mean, it's it's all kinds of different things. But I would say do your research, find a good school, find a school with a, a reputation, a good one, hopefully. Ask around. Ask around. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Ask questions of, of people in the area. Ask questions of different wrestlers, if there's some independent wrestlers that you know. Um, but then take their advice and go do it. That's really the biggest thing I see is a lot of people are saying, man, I really want to get in the business, and then they don't want to get in the business. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of different ways to be in the business, too. You don't necessarily have to be a wrestler. You can be a referee. You can be an announcer. You can be just someone who helps behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't necessarily want to be a wrestler. They want to be someone who kind of supports wrestling and supports it, but they want to be a little bit more inside the business to kind of learn the machinations of it and the mechanics of it behind the scenes. And that's fine. So I, I have no problem with that, but again, do your homework and and really just kind of ask around. And, And again, it's, it's going to be some work and it's going to be a little bit of doing your due diligence, but it's going to pay off. Don't just jump into something. Somebody says, Oh, it's a thousand bucks to train with me. And you've never heard of them before. And they, I'm not, not even look, there's plenty of people I've never heard of before that are good. I'm just saying it's people, if it's people you've never heard of before and they kind of are shady or aren't really giving you a lot of information, then I, one thing I was proud of myself, I ran a school for 10 years in Rhode Island and I, was one who would I'd sit with the parents and I'd explain everything to them and I'd tell them exactly what was going on I trained kids as young as 14 years old they wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to like kidnap their kids or do something you know do something you know unseemly with them or you know what I mean those are questions you have to ask and now I'm a parent so I get it more than ever 
And I sat with mothers and fathers and they sat with me for an hour and grilled me. You know, what's the schedule going to be like? What are we doing? Well, that's the, you know, that's where you have to, the person that's going to sit with you and answer those questions is probably someone you can trust. So, and that's if you want to get into a wrestling school. And as far as wrestling shows go, just if you want to do this business, then go do it. There's no reason you can't do it, but just realize where you might fit in it. You know, you're not, you're not necessarily a wrestler, but you're going to be a podcaster. You're going to be a fan that supports wrestling. I, I think we're all in this business. I think fans are in the business too. And I don't mean necessarily smart fans who know all the stuff behind the scenes, but the fans are the business. They're the ones that support us. So, I mean, are they inside the business? Do they know everything? No. But why would you want to know everything anyway? I mean, I, I love TV shows and I know some people that do stunt work for the flash and these, all these shows, but I don't want to know everything about the flash. I want to watch the TV show when it comes on. I don't necessarily want to know everything that goes on. So, um, and man, just as a podcaster for you, Haas, I would say just continue serving your customers well, and don't ever forget to be, you know, consistent, prolific and relentless as far as the marketing, just drive your message home. Um, are you guys members of you guys? Do you guys, are you guys on the Johnners Facebook page, the Johnners podcast, J O H N E R S. If you want to know how to run a podcast network, become get on his page. He's going to beat you over the head with everything that's going on there in a good way. But that's if, if someone's asking me how to run a podcast network, that's a guy I would use as an example. This guy prom- promotes the shows really well. I've been on one show and he's tagged me and stuff about 20 times, which I don't mind at all. So and don't be afraid to promote this. Don't be afraid to promote anything and, you know, run run a 30 second clip of something provocative you said. And then for more, you know, a preview of what's coming up or you wouldn't believe what Haas said. Oh my God. Can you, can you, you know, he said this crazy thing and, and then they listen to the podcast and they become a fan. I mean, that's just, that's basically the, what you need to start doing, man, because podcasts are basically content marketing, right? So they, you're giving them something and then, Hopefully they'll eventually you'll monetize it in some way or you'll find a way to sell products from it or whatnot. I mean, you can just do it as fans too, but if you're going to do it for free, I might as well try to get you paid. So that's how I look at it. So, and it doesn't mean, again, you guys, sometimes people misunderstand my message. I'm not telling you to rob people and steal their money and rip them off. I'm saying give them great value, give them a great product so they'll be happy to pay for it. That's the idea, right? We're supposed to give them some really high quality stuff. And the fact is the more quality that's out there, the more competition and the more stuff that's going to see. Everybody talks about all the, Oh, all these fly by night or they're lousy or these guys that, you know, the backyard wrestlers or whatever, the dirt show wrestlers or whatever, the mud show, right? Cornette says mud show and all that, how we get rid of those quote unquote mud show guys, how we get rid of those guys. And I guess mud show podcast guys too, is we keep up in our quality. So there's so many quality people in there that the other guys don't have room anymore. That's how we do it. You just make everybody good. If everybody's good, then nobody can be bad anymore. Or the bad guys will just quit. I mean, that's really how you do it. And really, it's just, it's just a question of, it's always a war of attrition anyway, to a certain degree, with wrestling, commenting, refing, any of that. It's going to be kind of like who lasts the longest and who learns the most. It's always going to be that way. And you may not even be the best. There might have been somebody two years ago that you met that were awesome. And man, I can't believe this guy or girl doesn't have a job. They're fantastic. And then they quit. 
and they get discouraged and they leave. Well, you're the second one in line, so you get picked. So that's that's the deal. So it's not always the best, but it's the one who works the hardest and is there for the opportunities. And you got to put yourself, you know, it's the what do they say? You got to you got to you got to put yourself in the place where it's going to be the right time and place. So you got to put yourself there. And that's what you're doing with this podcast. That's what you're doing with Dustin School. That's what you're doing with traveling as a referee. So that's, you know, that's really how we tie it all together. It's going to be, look, you're either going to have to pay for it and you're going to have to pay for it eventually, one way or the other, with time, money, or both. So right now you guys don't have a lot of cash, so you're just going to go nuts with the marketing and just put it all over Facebook and make this blow up this podcast. Ask people to share, work with other podcasts and say, hey, if you share ours, we'll share yours. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, the whole deal. If you want to do a funny thing on TikTok, do that. Whatever your whatever your platform is. Or you can just do it for fun and hang out here and have fun with that, too. But if you want to get bigger, that's how you do it. All right. Well, we, we definitely appreciate that. We appreciate your time. You know, you have that was a lot awesome. of knowledge. And- that was awesome. And we just, we really appreciate it. And uh, before before you go, we definitely want you to uh, tell our fran- tell our fans, where can they find you on social media and everything? Where can they follow you, see where you're going to be, or uh, just see what you're doing in general? And sure. the seminars. Yes, exactly. Well, the WrestleLife.com is the easiest place to uh, find me, aside from, I'm a big Facebook guy, so you can find me on Facebook. Um, you can follow me on Facebook on my personal page. My personal page is basically almost all business anyway. Um, or you can go on the rest of the life Facebook page or the hangs with Bob seminars, a tough guy page. I recommend just doing all of them and then do, uh, you can go on the rest of life.com. You get 14 days free trial. And again, not trying to, not trying to sneak anything by you. It's going to be $49 a month after that 14 days, but I send you a reminder. We're not trying to, again, we're not trying to rip you off or anything like that. And if it's not for you, you can cancel any time. And if you'd like it, you can even cancel any time after the 49. I'm just going to keep the 49. But <laughs> but you can cancel after that. We'll just run out the month. But if it's if it's not for you, then that's okay. No harm, no foul. And if you love it, please stay with us. And it's only going to get bigger. You know, we've had we've been around for four months, guys, and we've had 20% growth in every month. So hopefully we'll keep that going. And then live, as far as this goes, as we're as this is being broadcast. I'll be in uh, Hutchinson, Kansas for the big uh, two-show weekend called The Reawakening, and it's put on by the Kansas Wrestling Alliance, my friend Billy Simmons, and it's also an AIWF showcase, so we're going to have eight promotions there with wrestlers from all over the country showing off their stuff and hopefully get booked with eight different promotions there, so there's a great opportunity for networking, and I'm going to have a Hanks with Bob seminar on the Saturday from 11 to 3, and I'll be at both shows helping out and wrestling and doing my thing. And then the weekend after, I'm going to be uh, April 30th, Friday, I'm going to do a seminar for my friend Lance Lude from the Ugly Ducklings. Lance is going through some uh, colon cancer uh, problems right now, unfortunately, and I'm doing a seminar there, a Rest Life seminar at 3 p.m. in uh, Burlington, North Carolina, and that is... uh, a donation and all that money's going to Lance. So I'm not, I'm not taking a dime for that. I'm actually flying myself in on my own dime too. And then the next day I'll beat the AML. AML is one of the biggest independent promotions in North Carolina. This would be a great way if you're in North Carolina or not North Carolina to get a look. And I'll be there with my friend, Josh Gary, who's the head coach there. 
And Tracy Myers, the owner of AML, might be there to keep an eye on things. But it's a great way to get looked at by AML decision makers, and you get a nice Hangs with Bob Rest of Life seminar there, too. And then Ohio and Denver and Colorado Springs, and hopefully we'll go uh, overseas or at least go across the border to Canada when Canada opens up and get to see some of my Canadian friends. Chicago, Illinois, and it just keeps getting bigger. We'll go to California in the fall, go visit my Uncle John in San Diego and go do some dates. And uh, it's going to be going to be a, an awesome time. So, again, best way to get in touch with me right now is on Facebook or therestoflife.com or TRestoLife on Twitter. I think that's pretty much all the contact stuff. So, uh, But, man, this has been awesome. You guys asked some great questions. I love when people kind of push me a little bit and don't ask me the whole thing. And it's just not you guys <laughs> – you know, asking me questions about my Wikipedia page. So I'm happy to answer those too, but it's nice when people just ask me about the business and how I can help wrestlers and help you guys too. So I've really enjoyed this and good luck with everything. And, uh, man, I just said, well, we'll do a part two and maybe you guys can get some questions together and we can do a part two and just do a Q and a, and we can help uh, wrestlers and fans alike if they want to just achieve, achieve whatever their goals are in, in life and wrestling. So. Oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Awesome, Thank you guys. so much. Definitely. Thank, have a great night. God bless you guys. And I'll see you down the road, I'm sure. Thank All you, right. sir. You All too. Right. Very much. Be good. Take care. Bye-bye. Pause. Wow. What an interview. Nightmare Jones, you were late, tardy, but that's okay because you're here now. That's I one am. of my jackets that's being worked on. That's a new one right here. So that's a little that, sneak peek. That's okay. We, we know that Nightmare Jones has a hard time telling time. You know, it's like I said in the first hour, you know, he's one of those referees that you're lucky he can count to three. He did. He said something nasty, and I didn't say. Hey, but see, I own up to it. I own up to what I say. Well, it's time to introduce our next <laughs> guest. This one went a little long, but guys, a lot of great information there from Brutal Bob Evans. It's time for my personal favorite in St. Louis wrestling. The man known as many. <laughs> As Mr. GQ, I know him as Matthew Wayne Schuyler III. Haas, there's such a long list of accomplishments and accolades, but I want to bring him on. Let's bring him on to Wrestle Talk. And you see, I get my own special logo right here because I'm better than at least the two, the other two over there. But yeah, it there looks like go. I'm sharing the screen with you know the best of Drake Lee, Homeless Haas. And looks like the person you would get if you ordered Mr. GQ off a of wish. So, oh. <laughs> wow. Wow. wow, oh, oh, hold on. And, Let me and when you hit puberty, you get a better goatee. Okay, when you hit puberty, there nightmare, you get a better goatee. Just saying. Wow. You know, I can't say much, Nightmare, because we may or may not have gotten obliterated in our trivia challenge <laughs> over with our friends. Oh, hold over. on, hold on. On that trivia challenge, first off, you were not the fault. That's true. It was the other guy that's not even going to show up right now because he doesn't want to be whipped again is what it is. That's why he's not even here. Yeah, I saw <laughs> they put up there 35,000 feet in the air and still watching. He only said that because he knew he had to find a way to get it, you know, escape from Mr. GQ. And I'm not trying to start anything. You know me. But it's just the way it goes. And, and hold on. You wanted to give me an introduction, but let me give you one you could use from now on. You are the blueprint of perfection. 
the Colossus of Commentary, the Duke of Intensity, Professor Wrestling's main event attraction, the natural playboy, the proprietor of the city on the hill, and the man who everybody wants to model themselves after and no one can come close, and the true star of Russell Talk Podcast, the thoroughbred of lust, Drake Lee. Yeah. Boom. Give me a Ric Flair woo twice and a clap. We're done. That That's all we needed. All I'm saying right now, guys, is I know you're, you're kind of searing. I can see it. I can see the heat rising. But when you have two brilliant minds in the room, you know, sometimes – I'm not trying to say anything, guys. I'm just saying at the same time as I'm not saying. What do we want to talk about today, guys? I got a lot, but I want to do word association before I even let you guys answer questions because I know you're going to try to harass him. I know that because Mr. GQ's like me, we say things and some people take them out of context – well, see, Haas didn't even want to stay. You see that? He had to get back there to the, the highway off-ramp so he asked for more change. Well, Nightmare Jones, I'm going to play word association with Mr. GQ real quick, if that's okay. Is that Go cool? Go right ahead. Go right ahead. All right. First one for you. Butch Fletcher. Black Logue. He always wore one black glove, was one of the top managers in the area for many years. The Beast. Family. I won't invite him to dinner because I know what that would entail, but yeah, I will call him family. <laughs> MPW. Mm, fun times. This one is for a certain someone. I know that this could go one of two ways, but my, my good friend Rick Ruby. <laughs> uh, deserving of the Hall of Fame, but holds me back on our show way too much. <laughs> what about RCW? We're going to do a couple more. <laughs> Longevity. Mm -hmm. The promoter well, that was Frank Reed it was probably the longest group in the longest for the longest time in in the Midwest area and everything. He still doesn't seem like he has any intentions of stopping at all. So. What about MVWA? And we got two more. That was my beginning. Yep. That's awesome. Midwest Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame. We'll get that obvious one out of the way. Uh, I won't say they're the best. They have a good thing going and doing a lot for those that bust, excuse my language, bust their ass for many years on the independent circuit that probably want to get recognition anywhere else. What about this? And I, I think it's probably – the best name on the list, it's Drake Lee. Uh, well, exactly. As you said, he is the best. He's a major superstar in the making. Joe, Nightmare Jones, you heard that, right? I don't get very much love on the show, so I feel like now is my time to shine. That's why I'm, I'm beaming. You know, some people would say I'm glowing, but that's just excellence radiating off my skin. See, he's even trying to copy my, my when I do it like this and everything. See? That's what happens when it's backwards, though, because, again, you order it off a wish, you get what you get. Wow. Jonesy, you're going to take this? I'm not trying to stir the pot. I have nothing. no problem smacking a ref, okay? I'm going to tell you that right now. I have no problem smacking a ref. Hey, he is the guest, so, you know, that's what, you know, what can I say? You know, he's the, the guest. You know, it's all about Mr. G. Kind of smart a little bit there, Amy. No, not really, but, you know. <laughs> what else you got, Drake? 
Uh, well, I just I want I'm I'm sorry that we had a little bit of a delay, but it was a really good conversation we had with with Brutal Bob. And, and right now we we I want to talk about this. I want to talk about your Falls Count Everywhere podcast. I think it's I think it's a really good podcast, a really great conversation every time. I enjoyed my time with you and Rough Cut Rick Ruby. What's the plans in the next couple of months for Falls Count? And what are you? Is there any Thing you're looking to do or anything you're looking to achieve in break ground in well i know i know we got the lumberjacks coming up this week um uh st louis wrestling independent hall of famers and soon to be pro- more than likely will be in the midwest independent wrestling hall of fame i can almost guarantee it um i know that and then we are actually doing a joint podcast because we tried that one and th- this time we're not going to give a challenge because we don't want to beat somebody else on arrogant like we did with Renee, so, but uh, we're going to be Renee. doing. Uh, yeah, it was Renee. It's not your fault because he wouldn't let you answer anything. So, but well, uh, I know we are doing something with. Um, uh, wow, I can't think of but uh, Shaft of Vader. If Ruby, who's watching, can say the name of the show, we're going to be doing a joint podcast with them though too. It's all. Uh, there's just so many podcasts and all that. It's like. I got ours, and I got the ones that like book me because they're the best. I mean, so. And I know I'm kind of jealous of your lower third. I keep looking at this this title you have and your graphic, and I'm kind of jealous. I could teach you how to do it. There was a good friend of mine who unfortunately had passed away a couple weeks ago uh, due to motorcycle action. Which which I will say, if you're going to be driving on the road, watch out for motorcycles and share the road with them. But he's the one who taught us how to add on to that real quick. For my shooting shit because we didn't do one. If you're cutting your grass, leave the damn grass clippings out of the damn road, too. Yeah. I mean, that's just that's Absolutely. so. And it's outside of the ring. STOs, the the joint podcast we were doing, by the way, so too. Absolutely, that's awesome. So I can teach you how to do this later. So perfect. Only and, and you. That way, you don't have to put that. You can have everything. You have a whole graphic going all the way across. Because well, that's then what I need. you can also do extra stuff like this. Or this. I mean, so you can do so much stuff with adding more graphics and everything than what uh, you're using with the, the board right now. So I like it. I really like that a lot. Well, before Jonesy, before you jump in, I have, I have one quick one that I got to prepare for our trivia challenge, which is take as long as you want. I want to know something I wanted to ask you on Falls Can Everywhere. You've done this for over 20 years. How has the mentality of the business changed in your view? from from when you started to where we are now are you are you proud of where wrestling's come or do you think that we've kind of taken a step back and need to reevaluate well when i first got into it around that time it was near the end of what they would consider old school where just not everybody can get involved into the business or anything at the time and there's still a lot of people that are getting involved left and right now i just I don't think much has changed because, again, wrestling, just like almost anything, anything of popularity, whether it's Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Trek, you know, you have where they're popular, they're on the air, and then there's years when they're not. Again, with wrestling, there's a popularity surge, and it goes down for a while, and it comes back up again. And I, I think it, it just had a lot of changes with it. I think the fan mentality has changed a lot. I mean, you used to have fans that would spin on you and, and wouldn't, wouldn't pee on you if you were on fire. 
but now they're all trying to uh, come up to you afterwards and saying, hey, you did a great job and everything. You, you, you made a good point not to cut you off. I'm sorry. But, no, you know, people boo me. They call me terrible names. They say awful things about me. And then after they catch me walking to my car, which is nicer than their houses half the time. And then they try to ask me for like an autograph. They try to say, Drake, hey, you were really good out there. Screw you. The, well, you for Edward, but uh, Bob had said earlier how to make money. They come up to me asking for me to sign their arm or a piece of paper or whatever. First, I'm going to accuse them of selling on eBay to begin with. Right. But then I tell them, yeah, 20 bucks and I'll sign it. That's yeah. how you make money. That's right. I, Without a doubt. And I mean, just hit it right on the head because I'm just, there's so many times. You know, fans think that, you know, we're like this when, you know, even though they wouldn't pee on me if I was on fire, I wouldn't use the water that I have saved up in my reservoir tank to dump it on them. So, you know, oh, there's... Come on, Lord of Screen. Nobody wants to see that. Come on, move, move me back. Oh, right over oh my God. Oh, Come on, let's, let's, let's fix this. Now, let's get it how it needs to be. Oh, my God. Come on, God. almost lost it. You, you know, you can do it. You've pushed the buttons before. It's just like when you order candy. There you go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, again, it's like, you know, you have so many people that are breaking in and everything now. But back then, I I had a few a few good trainers at the time, and some names you would even recognize. I mean, Ollie Stevens, uh, who was in WCW for a while. Steve Murphy was the owner of NBWA, helped train a lot. Billy Bob, Techno Kid. I have no idea where Techno Kid went. He, he keeps looking at the ceiling, I guess. Bama Bodine, uh, Beast, Derek Stone, and Ace Steel, which if you recognize that name, Ace Steel, he's one of the trainers down there in NXT right now. Yep. And actually, some of the early MVWA shows, there was a young young gentleman, the long flowing hair called Adam Pierce on there at the time. So. You know, I don't I know if you guys recognize him now. I mean, but. What, now it's weird. Anymore. Do you think I like get a, he looks a little different now. Do you, do you think I'd get a job if I went up to him and told him to bend down because I had something in my teeth? Or would I would I get would I get hired from that? When uh, her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but why would you want to go there and all you can make more money being yourself? So I mean I'm Yeah, saying. yeah. I, I'm I'm right there with you on that, Mr. GQ. Jonesy, would you like to add on to anything or or what would you like to ask, Mr. I know there's some hostility. No, 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 absolutely no hostility whatsoever. So, Mr. GQ, you uh, debuted with the Mississippi Valley Wrestling Alliance. Can you tell us about your your time in the MVWA? It was one of those things. I went there just to watch the show, and by the end of that night, I helped them tear down the ring and just started going from there. I, I got hooked almost immediately. Originally, I wanted to do a fundraiser for uh, an organization I'm still kind of a part of uh, called uh, Starfleet International. Yes, it's a Star Trek fan club, but it also does a whole lot of other stuff. They, you know, like we do a lot of fundraisers for, for groups and everything. And I want to do a wrestling show uh, as a fundraiser. And originally I was talking to a guy named Roland Alexander. If you ever watched uh, Beyond the Mat, he was the guy that, you know, trying to tell you how to watch how you eat, but it looks like you ate a bowl of cheeseburgers all the time. Okay. And, yes. But he was trying to charge me outlandish uh, fees to try to get the show going while Steve Murphy at the time was telling me all honesty, well, no, that's like overcharging this and that and everything. I never did this show, but I got I got hooked into business ever since and just kept going. And that was a good 
year and a half. I mean, you know, uh, first experience with TV. We were on TV for a while and stuff. And there was just, just so much stuff with MBWA that it was cutting edge that made a lot of groups step up a little bit. Such as South Broadway Athletic Club there in St. Louis. Uh, Gateway Championship Wrestling, which is now somebody's favorite group, Dynamo. You know, so it helped them to step up a little bit, though, too, step up the game and stuff like that. And again, he's he used a lot of talent nobody else was using at the time first, like Derek Stone, Ace Steele, Adam Pierce, Adrian Lynch, The Beast. And there was just so many people that were being used on it, it made everybody just step up and everything to go further and further. And again, it still left a little bit of a legacy with me and stuff. So, okay. So I guess that, that my next question that that, that, that that I had before I throw it to, to Hardcore Haas is, uh, what's it like running a podcast with the one and only Rough Cut Rick Ruby? Horrible. Horrible. He steals the show all the time. He won't let me talk. I mean, he just won't. He just goes like this, 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 and this, and this. So it's like the night out then. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no, honestly, it's it's not that bad. I mean, he does almost all the work, and I just have to show up and look pretty. I mean, yeah. I, I'll give him that. He does a lot of the work, a lot of the setup for it and everything. Um, but again, like the friend that I mentioned that passed away, he showed us how to get a lot more out of using the, the format that we use the show on through the mm-hmm. studio stuff, which is what you guys are using right now as well. I just don't want to mention what, what app it is or what site it is. But he helped us to do a lot of stuff, which was including doing these graphics here and everything. Uh, that's how sometimes when you see during the show, um, Ruby uh, showing a picture on his screen of like the guest or upcoming shows or even posters of other events. And we just get a lot more out there. And other than dealing with one of our listeners that I won't even acknowledge here, it's not that bad. Okay. Awesome. Although I see what he's saying in, this, in there and everything like that. And it's like, I work, I, I'm, I don't have to work on being pretty, Ruby, but you have to fight on not being ugly, okay? So. Oh. <laughs> Man. All right, Hardcore Haas, what you got for us? We can't uh, hear you. Turn your mic on. We can't hear you. <laughs> Hey, I'm not. How many more times are you uh, on your mic today, Hoss? I'm just here to do the game show music. That's all I'm what? here for. What? You have a man of Mr. GQ's caliber in the room, and we don't have a quick. Well, you guys are the second hour host. I'm just the. Uh, hey, you were doing a great job. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I thought. <sighs> Oh, Jones, we're on the same page go ahead, here. Jones, you, you go ahead and keep doing this since Haas don't know what to do right now. So, you've helped a lot of, of uh, professional wrestlers win championships inside the professional wrestling ring. What wrestlers have you helped win these championships? Oh, hell. There's a whole hell of a lot. Um, Brute Crew is one of the most recent ones. Uh, Wicked helped him win the heavyweight title. We had a great, great long run for that for a long while, including beating members of like PYT and stuff like that for, for a while, even though PYT is one of the best groups out there, whether Aaron Wallace likes it or not. 
But um, there, there's just so many. I've, I've led people to hardcore titles, to work, heavyweight titles, tag, t- tag team titles. I've led Beast to so many titles. That it, he, if he had them all in his bag, he couldn't even carry it himself either. So, and there's just so many. It's not always about winning the belts. It's getting your guy over. I could go out there and get everybody liking or hating that guy without having to take over the spotlight. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a lost art that nobody can hardly do anymore. Yeah, speaking of, of the uh, uh, Beast, that is, is a guy, he's actually been on the uh, podcast before. What's it like working with the uh, Beast? And are you afraid of the Beast? I'm afraid to sit at the same table when he's eating. I, I'll tell you that. I'm a, hold on. No, let me tell you this story here. I This is a story that uh, some of you are familiar with the wrestler uh, Kamala Jr., correct? Yes. I've heard of him and everything. Mm-hmm. I worked a show with Kamala, I want to say, two years ago. And he remembered exactly what happened on this show that he said that people still don't, uh, don't believe him. And it's like, oh, no, this all happened. We were doing a show in Indianapolis, and afterwards we go to this restaurant. A lot of the boys and everything were sitting there. Beast sits there at the end. And this, by the way, this is also the night before Thanksgiving, by the way. And this was when Beast was a little bigger. And if you think that he's not big now, I mean, he was a little bigger then. And he's like telling, he's ordering not one, not two, not three, but four full dinners himself. You know, the, the entree and the two sides, all for himself. And we all made sure that she went down to him first because we knew if we got food before him, he's going to go to our plates and start taking off. And I've learned that trick many times. Where if I'm the last one getting there to the restaurant, I'll go with the fork and start stealing fries off people's plates while they're not looking and all that, just, just to wait for a little bit. But um, the lady came back, went to the other end of the table away from Beast, and she was, like, afraid. She was, like, sheet white. And she was afraid to tell him that they were out of spare ribs. And all of us just said, no, you got to go down and tell him yourself. She she was so afraid and nervous, but he was all nice. While he's ordering the food, though, she does say, you do tomorrow Thanksgiving, right? And everybody at the table says, he's like that all the time. Because he, he was having Thanksgiving with Kamala Jr. And Kamala ordered, got two turkeys for it. One for Beast. One for his family, one for Beast. <laughs> what a so, yeah, other than sitting at the table with him, I, I'm not afraid of him because I know how he is. And my mom, God rest her soul, had a lot of respect for him. And is the only person ever to make Beast afraid as well. He was Hell, late that's... for something one year. And she said, come here, Beast. He's like, no, ma'am. He's backing away. And my mom was like five foot nine. In her 50s. And she's like, oh, wow. come here, Beast. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> like, I'm laughing at this. It's like, wow. <laughs> But he also can tear it up like no other. And he would make, he would keep up with Bruiser Brody if he was still alive right now. That's how good Beast is. And he's t- tearing it up down there in uh, Puerto Rico at times and everything. He's traveling a lot more than any of us would even expect to right now or even that late in our careers, though, too. So, Wow. That's incredible. That's a lot of presence in your mom right there. I, I, that's, <laughs> that's a presence to make the beast. Yeah, and here, here she is right here. 
The oh, Beast wow. was yeah. the player to this woman. <laughs> yeah. Rightly so, because she can whip anybody's ass. So. Oh, I bet. Where I Don't learned piss it. off mama. Where I learned it. Oh, my goodness. Come on, Jones. Come on, Jones. Oh. Throw some hair and come on. <laughs> Wow. Well, <laughs> Listen, Drake, do you have any more questions? Well, I was going to ask you because this is your time to, to make things kind of interesting. We're heading into the trivia challenge now. We, I know we <laughs> – and we have a pretty – this is monumental. So, Jonesy, you might not have been aware, but Renee and Renee only got killed. He when always we went gets to, killed. That's nothing new. But it okay. was a slaughter. So let me explain what actually happened on the show when that happened. We had two games because the first game was like plus 200 to negative 300 or something like that. It was horrible. And it was all Renee because he kept like, well, we'll do this one. We'll do this one. And he's giving the answers and everything without asking Drake at all. It's true. And that was the mistake. I was there. Yeah. And then we decided to do a one one game where it's just one point and wins. Just so it wasn't that much of a stinking beatdown that Renee got. Well, and we still lost. It was still Renee's fault, though. Yes, it was. So, Jonesy, I got to ask you, are you ready? Even though I'm a big fan of Mr. GQ, I do want to see us kind of get a little even here with the False Count Everywhere podcast. A lot of... Hey, I know. A lot of people are counting on you right now, Renee included, to stop the slaughter. Are you ready for that? So much pressure. But yeah, let's do this. I'm ready. Pause, hit the music. It's time for the Russell Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Goodbye. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Here we go. At least Toss thought that was funny. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's installment of the world-famous Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Tonight's contest scheduled for two out of three falls with Mr. GQ and, of course, Nightmare Jones, Joe Lance. In honor of tonight's guest, our Wrestle Talk Podcast category for the Game Show Challenge is titled Beyond... Behind the scenes. In a few moments, I will give you background information about three professional wrestling managers. The first person to win two falls will win tonight's game show challenge. Are you guys ready? Let's do this. Let's go. You got Amazon versus Wisher going, so let's see. <laughs> this professional wrestling manager was the 1998 PWI Manager of the Year. After spending some time in world-class championship wrestling, he moved on to manage several WWEF mainstays, including Mankind, Kane, and The Undertaker. Paul Bill, uh, or Pussy Pringle. I had my hand up before he said it, though, so. 
It doesn't go Hoss where is he the, is. Hoss is the judge. I just read the questions. You got to shout out your answers. You also didn't say we had to wait till the question was done first. No. This is world class. I'm moving on. I knew it was Percival Pringle the third. Later known Hoss, as Bill, Bear, Bill Moody, and a good friend of mine up until when he passed. So. You really don't have to uh, raise your hand or you know wait what? for the answer shout to be done. Out. All you have to do is shout out the answers. Go get some change on the highway oh, off ramp. Okay. <laughs> oh my god! Which, according to our judges and our judges alone, Nightmare Jones is up one nothing. <laughs> I said okay. judges alone. Oh, the jacket's coming off. <laughs> uh oh, here we go. You know what? Hey, Since his jacket's going off, now. mine's going on. Hey, oh, the jacket's not going to be anything coming off soon. In a second, I'll take my shirt off. Oh, please don't. Let's see. All right, here we go. Question two. This longtime professional wrestling manager has managed some of the greatest professional wrestlers in history. And I mean in history. This manager has wrestled or managed the likes of Steve Austin. Kurt Angle, Roman Reigns, Ravishing Paul E. Dangerously. I said Paul Heyman before you. Shut up, Paulie. I did. Hoss, did you hear Mr. GQ first? I did hear Mr. GQ first on that. We are heading into the third fall. Paulie Dangerously or or the guy who lives in mama's basement running ECW. So. (laughs) We are tied heading into the third fall. Are you guys ready? Yes. This professional wrestling manager is a two-time PWI manager of the year. During his career, he has managed such professional wrestlers. James J. Dillon. No. As dangerous (laughs) Danny (laughs) Davis. Dangerous Danny Davis. Give me heart. Hoss, get the music ready. We have a winner. Hey, I did better than the night owl. That's you all did. that matters. You did. Jonesy, you held your own. You made Renee, you you made Renee feel a little bit better. Hold, hold, hold on, hold on. Jonesy has to hold his own because nobody else will hold it for him. You want to laugh, Drake? You know you do. <laughs> I didn't say it. You're going to get me in trouble tonight. I'm going to get on, on this group chat, and I'm going to get fired, and it's going to be because I <laughs> Hoss kind of likes that. Nightmare Jones hasn't said anything, so I feel like that's probably going to happen. He's upset because he lost is what it is. Jones, I, hey, you did better than I would have. I don't do, I don't do all, the – All joking and, and shooting aside, Jones, it, it was good, and – don't take everything seriously. Sometimes a character is just a character. It doesn't mean. Oh, it's I know that. I'm not. It, it was rigged, though. I think that Drake was giving him the answers. Drake was giving him the answers. It was, I know. Nobody I told know. me the rules first. I wouldn't know Paul Bear as soon as you said world class. Let me just say, I got cheated during four straight 
trivia challenges, and that Aaron Wallace guy gave Renee answers for two of the damn shows. Okay, well, and I ended up moron. Well, he was right. Baby All right, uh, that's what they do whenever they say I'm a whiner. Mr. GQ, please play. That's that's my wrap-up music, apparently. Mr. GQ, could you please let us all know how to follow Falls Count Everywhere podcast? What's going on in your life the next couple of months, and we'll okay, be able well, and we'll have, have you back. Falls Count Everywhere is every Thursday on um, Facebook and YouTube. You just t- type in and do a search Falls Count Everywhere. Um, for me, I got shows coming up uh, April 24th, St. Clair, Missouri for American Championship Wrestling. Uh, May 8th, Granite City, Illinois for Illinois Elite Wrestling. And May 22nd, Hannibal, Missouri for American Championship Wrestling. And also you can find me on Facebook.com slash MrGQMWS3 fan page. Just wonderful. And, and if you were Mr. GQ or something, Mr. GQ, Matthew Wayne Schuyler the third. You have to spell it correctly. It's not Schuler. You see how it says right there. Schuyler. It's German. Because you know all the German all the, all the German people are not bad guys. We've never done a bad thing in our life. Yeah, well. With that being said, record host, with you doing the national anthem at the beginning of the show, you made me want to move to Canada. Thank you. You know, I sing a better national anthem than Whitney Houston could ever imagine. They've told me this multiple times. I've said it multiple times, and they still won't let me sing it. I mean, Whitney Houston sounds like Donald Duck compared to me. Fortunately, that's not me singing there at the beginning of the show. Well, no, it's not you, but I could have done it better. I know I've heard it like that somewhere else before, and Ruby's going to be the one laughing at this. But I could have sworn that you missed up. There was a whole lot of like missing lines out of that. I, I've heard that before, but good lord, that was even worse than that. Hey, it's a great way to pay homage to America. Damn it! <laughs> no, I really do like it. I wish I could sing it one time. Maybe Jonesy, we could swing that in once in a while. You know, let me yeah. do my yeah. I like that. Guys, is there anything else for Mr. GQ before we – I know we went late today, guys. It was just such a great conversation. We really didn't want to end it. And, and please, uh, if you could, let's have you back on sometime. In Canada, if you look on there, the Tiffany, she's from Canada. And you see that it, people in Canada rather have us there than listening to the Haas play that music again. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well <laughs> – I'll ask something that way I could brag a little bit about my hobbies and everything. What kind of hobbies do you guys have? Well, fortunately, that music's been here a lot longer than I have. So, <laughs> so it's a crust right there, too. But um, anyway, I asked a question now. Now you're avoiding the question. What kind of hobbies do you all have? Me? I gamble and make money. Gamble, okay, make money, start a business. In my spare time, I am a pro wrestling referee, so, you know, I have fun on the weekends just doing referees. Hobby is not a job. Hobby is a job. That is a a hobby. It's because you're not making money at it, then. It's only a hobby if you're not making money. I make money. I'm not in it for the money. I'm in it because I love it. That's fair. Hoss, what's your hobby? I was going to say I'll do a shout-out to another guest that you guys had on here before, Mr. Big. Uh-huh. He's the one that helped me get a little bit more advanced in autograph collecting. He's actually a really good one to get stuff from. And this is just one of 10 wrestling albums that I have that are autographs. 
Plus, I have Star Trek, Kevin Smith. I have a whole binder just of Kevin Smith. Because he, he will sign everything. He'll sign underwear for you if you wanted it to. Well, I know what I'm doing Saturday. <laughs> well, actually, uh, I hear in St. Louis, I don't live there. I live in Beverly Hills, by the way. That's, that's why I'm here in my office. But apparently in St. Louis, they're having a movies pop-up starting, I think, this tomorrow, actually. Well, you know, I live on the bluffs, and I live, like, I don't even live in Alton. I live technically in one of those unincorporated areas where it's in the, you know, woods, and I'm on about... Ada community where nobody, nobody loses. Yeah, it, well, I'm on 73 acres, and we just actually okay. closed on a place down in Texas. So, you know, I, I try to stay away from, from the one, we call them the 99ers, where I'm from, the 99 percenters. We try to stay away from them as much as we can. Sorry, I'm laughing at Ruby's comment this <laughs> Because I know he was saying that towards Aaron Wallace. So, uh, <laughs> well, well, Jonesy, Haas, we have anything else we need before we wrap up? And Mr. GQ, can we please bring you on sometime in the near future? We really are sorry for the short. No, it's uh, fine. It's probably before, I guess, next time. No, Bob has a lot of great advice. I, it was I would, really I good. Say that. He, really, it's he, like really he wasn't over talking or anything like that. He he knew a lot of stuff, and I agree. I've always told people. Get merchandise, and if I see stuff that has WWE on stamped anywhere on it, I tell you get rid of that stuff. Make your own stuff. I've had yeah. T-shirts. I have eight, eight by tens, and I know a good place online that you can get eight by like glossy eight by ten photos for seventy eight cents each, and you can't beat that price. Any any worker wants to know that, message me. In other words, Drake, I'll hook you up. Everybody else, I like that. I like that a lot. Well, well, Mr. GQ, if there's if anything else before we let go, I think we covered everything. We got the shows coming up. Balls count everywhere every Thursday. Guys, check it out. It's a great podcast, even though we got killed during that podcast. No, you were fine. Renee did. did. Renee, Renee did. Jonesy, Haas, anything else, guys? No, just thanks thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule. It, Drake Lee, it was your money, pleasure. Drake Lee, your money is in the mail. We know that every time we come on the podcast, we have to pay you a certain amount of money. We already know this. It's coming it, out of Haas's paycheck. That's right. That makes me smile even more. Well, and, and there's a reason for that because of our great sponsors and and Haas. If you you know if you want to, please please let us give us our sponsors again because we have great ones. And, and guys, I'm I just it was a great show. Oh yeah, it it has been a really good show, and you know I've just enjoyed it. And yeah, we couldn't be here if it wasn't for our our sponsors. You know, everything combat, Ken Cade, esports. Bar Kansas City, Interstate 70 Sports Media, Royal Mills Transportation, Painter Dreams Productions, Rathbun Engraving, and the Fantasy Wrestling Worldwide Chapter, the FWWC. I, All I great do, sponsors. I do want to give Jeremy a quick shout out. Shout out to Jeremy Carp and I 70 Sports Media. 40 countries they've reached so far. Congratulations to you guys. And Jeremy Carp will see us soon. Jonesy, Haas, anything else? I'll let you close it. I have to get into another meeting with, with somebody Mr. GQ knows. So uh, I'm running a little late. And so guys, am think, I actually proud to know the person? Yeah, well, eh, 
You oh, should be. Movie. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh-huh. Get, guys, <laughs> thank you so much. You guys, have a good night. Have a pleasant tomorrow. I'll see you sometime around the road. All right. Well, thank you. It's been a wonderful episode here, episode 342. Be sure to yes. tune in next week for episode 343. Can we'll have, another, have two more great, great guests coming on. And, uh, Jonesy, uh, I don't have them right in front of me. Do you remember who they are right offhand? Uh, I don't have them in front of me either. You're supposed to know these things. What is wrong with you? Oh, man. And I thought Renee was bad. Good boy. But, uh, uh yes, I, I guarantee you we'll have two more great guests next week. And, uh, thank you to our two great guests this week. So, Yes. Thank you, Mr. GQ. You've been absolutely awesome. We would love to have you on again. Anytime. Anytime. Absolutely. We yeah, would pay love me to double have next you time, though, so. Double? We'll, 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 we'll pay you double what we pay uh, the uh, Drake League. Double. Double. No, I already know what he gets paid. Uh-uh. <laughs> I negotiate better contracts, so. <laughs> All right, well, thank you, sir. This has been the Rest of Talk Podcast. Until next time.